So we've got Dubis who's going to talk in about 10 minutes. I, I just want to ask you this. I, I asked it to Frank Saravelli yesterday. I was surprised by his answer because it was kind of one where I'm like, yeah, um, we'll see. He was like, I want to know who's the, what the top six is, if he could get the truth serum. But I give you and I have one shot of truth serum. And Kyle Dubas is about to go to the podium, and it only works for one question. And so we blow dart this truth serum into his <laughs> neck the second before we get to do our shared combined question. What are we asking him? Uh, what's happening with Morgan Riley? What is your plan with Morgan That's Riley? That's your one, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, like, if you're keeping him, someone else like, has to go. No, we ruined it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a second dart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably where I'm most interested because the domino effect. By the way, I just, this is totally an aside, but I'm seeing that, you know, hockey is back. Elliot Friedman had his 32 Thoughts blog, which you can find on sportsnet.ca, yeah. and I'm seeing him on TV now. What a what a relief that he's like shaved and has a haircut and looks like a human again. Everyone's looking good on TV. The season's back, man. Yeah, I'm I'm very. There's even like a small rumor that Elliot might do this show tomorrow. Which, what? I know, I know. Wow. I know. I know. It's, it's, again, I, this is not not counting of chickens. But so the Morgan Riley thing, I think, is fascinating because to me, it's actually we can debate different things that Kyle Dubas has done over his tenure. And there is like a, hey, this is sort of defensible and like this is indefensible, but really there's middle ground on a lot of the things. Starting the season and having Morgan Riley have no contract to me is is pretty indefensible. Like I don't know what the case is to be like, let this guy play out a season and then go to free agency with him. Like he... Dubas said somewhere recently that he's, he thinks that's going to happen more with people. So maybe that is the plan. Yeah, I just – like is someone that. using the men in black stick on Kyle Dubas every offseason? <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like Jason Henry's I life for nothing. He's like, cha-ching. And then he's like, where did JVR go? Philly, what did we get back for him? You know, like Tyler Bozak left for nothing. Okay, what is that? Cha-ching. Like what happened to him? Like the Zach Hyman one was just – that was a you would never trade Zach Hyman last season and I get it but if you keep putting yourself in these all or nothing scenarios where the team is all or nothing all or nothing and so everybody just gets to be an own rental like then and I I guess that they all know that this apparently is the season where everybody gets fired there's big sweeping changes if nothing happens but it's also one of those things where I hate that. That's the whole reason why you don't have a lame duck GM. That's the whole reason why you don't have a lame duck coach because the team doesn't just exist in the one season that you might be here, right? So if you're Kyle Dubas and you're working under an idea that, well, we're doing it all for this year, right? Last year kind of did make sense because you were in the North Division and being a little bit more aggressive with it, there's there's an understanding of, hey, this team has not won since 1967 and they're never, ever, 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 ever again going to have an opportunity to get to a conference finals quite like this. It's just, it's not going to happen. Even in a sport where there is this much parity, you will never again see a scenario where two teams that are clearly not on your level talent-wise will be locked into facing you in the first two rounds. So take advantage of it. They don't do that. You come into the next season and they go, well, this year, you know, we're pressed and it's all in and blah, blah, blah. That's not what I want from you. That's not 
being a smart general manager. I'm sorry, but a smart general manager is supposed to think about the now and also making sure that the future is somewhat secured. You let Morgan Riley walk for nothing. You've just let multiple draft picks walk out the door. You've let real high-end prospects walk out the door. It's not hard line to draw like what just was traded for Seth Jones and say you can't get 90% of that for Morgan Riley. Like you can't yeah. get you can't get 85% of that for Morgan Riley. Like you can on your worst day. Maybe I'm exposing myself here as someone who has occasionally carried a credit card balance, but like you can give Morgan Riley a contract for next year. That's fair to Riley. Keep him this year at his lovely number and then figure out who you're doing with what you're doing with who after that. You know, yeah, like they, know. you know, give him his 8.5 million times six years or, you know, whatever the heck the, the deal ends up being. You know, you can make that deal and then say, if it works, great, we win a cup, amazing. If it doesn't, we still have Riley and we figure out who has to go to make room for him. It doesn't have to happen today. Not only who has to go to make room for him, the whole idea of you trading him is that another team would look at that contract and say, well, obviously we would take Morgan Riley on this contract. Like, I think that the difficult position that they're in right now is that they're trying to get him to take less money to stay as a Maple Leaf. And so it's hard to give him that contract and then say, hey... Now we're, we're going to trade you. you, or we're not going to get into a no-movement contract with you. So it, it's not a Maybe easy that's one. it if you're Riley, though. Maybe that's it. You say, okay, I'll take in the sevens if I get a no-movement every year, or yeah. I'm going to take in the you know nine, and, and you can trade me at your will. Yeah. I, just, I think that it's actually – people say that that's being a smart GM is someone who is like, hey, he didn't uh, give out the contract to an older player because Morgan Riley is – rapidly becoming an older player, which is a weird thing to say, but he is, right? There's always going to be risk with giving free agents term. There's always going to be risks, especially since Morgan Riley, you know, has not been the picture of health throughout his career. He's been mostly healthy, but like he's had some stuff, right? Um, You also have Rasmus Sandin in the organization who does project to be a higher end left shot guy who can provide offense. And there's also Jake Muzzin, who is an older defenseman that you already gave a contract to. And I don't think he would be as easy to move like a year or two from now because he's had more of those injuries. He's even older and he's making some pretty good change. There are always going to be reasons not to sign somebody. But if that's the case, pivot, make the pivot. Like, do the thing now, like, when the value is higher. And, uh, frankly, I, I just I, – I don't care if Kyle Dubas gets fired or not. I just – that is not a part of me. I just – I cannot think of anything worse for a tenure if he is let go at the end of the season, if this year does flame out, to look back on the Kyle Dubas era and say, okay, well, you know, what did you leave in the cupboards? And the answer is nothing. Um, the team has – two or a, a few extremely bloated contracts and they have very, very little prospect capital. Like they have Nick Robertson and they have Rasmus Sandin and I guess Amarov is pretty good, but Lilligren's going to play, but he plays it, game this year for sure. I know that's terrifying, but he will. Who, Lilligren? Yeah. He'll play like, I don't know, 20 games or something. Hey, guess what? Um, <laughs> I know it doesn't great. matter. I'm just saying he will. If, if, if Lilligren becomes an NHL player, he's going to be a bottom-pairing seventh-type yes, yes, defenseman. Yes. Uh, I know Maple Leaf fans still have this thing in their head that he was couldn't be a top-three pick and he just got mono, and that's why he slid down the draft. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, the, the story is out on him. And, like, the... 
the stats with the Marlies are not irrelevant. He has clearly got some really good pieces with his game, but there are some things overall that are limiting him from ever becoming a star in this league or a guy that you're like building your franchise around. Anyway, my true serum question, um, I don't know how close we are to Dubas right now, so I don't want to do this, but it's just simply, you know, did you even take calls on Marner? Was it even like quiet? Because did you at least hear an offer? Did you did you have a small circle of general managers around the league? Mm-hmm. And this has always been kind of a question of mine with Dubas is like, you know, how many relationships he has around hockey? And in a world where it really is kind of an old boys club still, um, are you a part of a lot of it? You know, because Marner, finding out that you shopped Marner is a dangerous thing, right? Uh, we just saw what happened with Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, he came off of a disappointing playoff stretch, but it also coincided with the Sixers shopping him around and almost trading him for James Harden. And you can fracture a relationship pretty quickly. I don't think Marner is... Okay, we got to go to Kyle Dubas. He's at the podium. So that's right now. Um, Kyle Dubas, Toronto Maple Leafs general manager. Now. The room and, and uh, have this format again. Um, though Zoom was great, we're, uh, we're happy to be here and, and rolling, uh, rolling live. So welcome, and we're happy to see everyone. Um, since the end of uh, last season, in the last three and a half months, we've talked a lot about it, and today is our opportunity to move past that and uh, begin to focus on the things that we control in the present to change that story in the future. Uh, we're extremely excited about uh, the training camp and season ahead. Um, looking forward to the competition in camp and uh, looking forward to the season ahead here with our group. So uh, with that, I will turn it over to uh, to the floor for any questions and uh, we'll roll from there. Just please walk up to the mic there. Terry, we'll go with you on the side there. I'll be the guinea pig for you. Thanks, Terry. In this system. Um, I, I guess the first question from all, or that we're thinking about is... Uh, the prognosis for Austin. I know he was hopeful sure. about getting uh, back for their first regular season game. He's yep. on IR to start. What's his status? I think the the, uh, the designation of injured reserve is just that he won't be a full participant in camp off the start. Uh, I think he's back skating. Uh, he'll come out of the splint, and then you know, as as we get rolling here, um, basically three weeks from tonight is opening night. I think we'll have a better indication then. But we we uh, we have no change to what we expect, and that's for him to be uh, to be ready, as as he said last week. So there's optimism he'll be for October 13th. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the, the other question I have right now is um, getting past, you know, the, the past and what happened in yep. May. Yep. Um, but how much do you have to keep in mind that a lot of the, a lot of the things that happened in the regular season were, were really good things and right. convincing the players to forget one part of what happened last last year over several months? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, um, and and I think that. We've spent a lot of time talking about that. Uh, a lot of the questions it, when I've done these types of I- events uh, around the draft and expansion draft and free agency have been about that, Terry. Uh, I think that we, we can look back and learn from it, uh, but we only control what we do today and every day moving forward. So I, I don't think we can hide from it and run from it. I just think that we have to do everything we can as an organization to be ready for when those moments come again, that we're as prepared as possible. And I have full faith in, in everybody in that room that they, that they are going to be ready to roll. Um, but 
The other part of that is we can't allow our focus to get distracted on, on the long run. We have to stay focused in the future because of the division we're in. If we allow our focus to slip and we're not dialed in on being at our best every day, we're going we're gonna to put ourselves in a tough spot. So that's really our major message in there right now is not to get distracted by the long run, not to get distracted by uh, uh, redeeming ourselves from the past. It's be focused, be at our best every day. Otherwise, in a division with Tampa, Boston, Florida, Montreal, an Ottawa team that's declared their rebuild over, um, and then Buffalo and Detroit getting better, uh, we can't afford to be distracted at, uh, at all as we proceed through the year. Mark? Kyle, what off-season change do you think is going to make the biggest impact? Well, we hope they all make a big impact, Mark. Um, but I, I think that um, the, the key that we're going to focus on, obviously, we've got we've got changes at uh, on basically on defense and for, or forward and goaltending. The defense, by and large, remains uh, the same with just Zach Bogosian out, and uh, we've added some good depth players, and we'll see our younger players take a bigger step. We hope. Um, up front, we've got quite a few changes. Rather than try to make a splashy move, we've tried to acquire uh, a group of players that, that you know we think have just begun to show their potential, or fit a specific need we have, or need a chance at a bit of uh, redemption is where they're at in their in their career, get themselves back on track, and we're hoping to provide that here. And then in net, obviously, with uh, Peter Mrazek in uh, to tandem with Jack. So we expect, uh, I'm excited about the, the depth up front, and then excited, obviously, to see Peter and Jack work together coming off the years that, that they each had. Obviously, Peter's a little bit shortened by injury, but excited about that for, uh, for, for camp and into the season. Morgan Riley, uh, in the final year of his contract, starting camp in that situation why are you comfortable with that scenario right now yeah i just think that you know the the contract negotiation thing with the flat cap there's a lot of teams that are dealing with it there's a there there are bigger situations that you know with players in the league that still don't have contracts going into today so that's a personal matter for morgan and a private one for us but i think every team that's trying to contend is going to be dealing with those types of situations with the flat cap where you have players coming due and and um you know you want to see where things go um throughout the year with the cap maybe it goes up maybe it doesn't but um you know that's the the situation with Morgan, as we did last year with our with our players that were UFAs. We'll we'll keep them private until we we have to make a, an announcement on them one way or another. Josh Cooperton, CP. Yeah, uh, Kyle. Just going back to what Terry was asking about. I mean, clear talking to Mitch and Austin at the overarching. You know, uh, last week talking to them, the overarching message is so you can't do anything about the past. You know, don't worry about the future. Just stay in the moment. But like, how hard is that in this market when there's so much history, recent, and then you know, going back decades. For me, Josh, we don't carry the burden of, you know, 54 years or whatever with us. Um, a lot of the people in that room when I walk in there weren't alive then, or most of them weren't, or all of them weren't. So they don't, I don't think that resonates with them. I think what I've learned about this group in the last three and a half months is that they care tremendously about rather than proving all of that stuff wrong, they care about proving themselves and, and what they're about right. And I think that's the key to anything is that there's a, there's a number of teams all throughout sports that provide us a great number of examples of overcoming the things that you're alluding to. And, I, and if you go through and study them all, it's when they have, when, when that becomes a personal and, and deep belief to them internally. And I, that's what I've seen from this group in the last three and a half months, which makes me excited and optimistic about where we're going.
It's no secret there's, there's ramped up pressure. There's always pressure. But how, how much pressure are you personally feeling heading into this season? I think all any if you're referring to external pressure, I, I can say, and I, I know it's cliche, but it's nothing compared to what I expect and the pressure that I put on myself. So uh, I know what uh, I think we all know what we've signed up for here. I think it's a it's a great privilege to work in this market with the people who show up in the type of numbers like this to attend these types of events and ask hard questions and keep us accountable. Uh, I think it's great. I think everyone here is is fair in their criticism when it's warranted. Same as you're fair uh, in praise when it's warranted. And um, I think that uh, for me personally, it's just doing the job the best I possibly can to, uh, to, do with, to do right for the people I work with and work for and roll from there. Kevin McGrand, Charles Starr. Hi, Kyle. Um, two questions for you, if you don't mind. Sure. First on Austin Matthews' uh, surgery, can you walk through the timeline and the logic of when it was done, why, why it was done so late in the summer as sure. opposed to earlier in the summer? Sure. Uh, that was just a plan that, that was formed uh, by the LEAF medical team and Austin and, uh, and his group that, uh, that represents him was that going into this, and we always want to avoid, especially on the wrist of a player like that, if you don't have to do a, a surgical procedure, you, you'd like to avoid it. Um, when he ramped up his training in the summer, he began to feel discomfort. Our plan that was agreed upon at the end of the season was if he ever felt that right away, that we would move on to the consultation with Dr. Hotchkiss in New York, and that's exactly what we did. Caught it the, in mid-August, or you know, first 10 days of August. He had the surgery a few, went for the consultation, had the surgery a few days later, and the expectation is to be ready for, um, for opening day. And uh, to follow up on Josh's question, but to put it perhaps more directly, do you, do you feel um, that your job is on the line more this year than previous years? Uh, it's a question that I can't really answer, Kevin, um, and, and something that I, I really I don't worry about. The only thing I worry about every day is being the best I can in, in managing this team for our staff and our players. And um, I think if we all uh, work together throughout this year and are at our best throughout the year, that none of that will be a concern. Thanks. Lance Warby, Toronto Sun. Uh, Kyle, you've put a lot of faith uh, in the core four, so to speak, as you've said, during the summer. Uh, any talks with any of those guys, or have they come privately to you to say, you know, we have your back, It's uh, that that faith is reciprocated? Uh, I, I, none have come specifically. We also don't refer to them as, as that. I think the core of our group, Lance, is much more than four players. So um, for, for me, I think we, we've had a lot of very frank discussions with our group, but I think the, the more important part has been the discussions that they've had together, and, and that's up to... I think those are largely private, but they, they may elect to share some of that with you all today. Um, I, I believe in, in the group in the room deeply, and um, I think your belief, it's easy to say you believe in something when it's at the beginning and it's, and it's relatively easy and everyone's very optimistic, but true belief is tested when things are, get a little bit hard and you struggle and you fall and you have to pick yourself back up and continue to move on, and that's how I feel about the group in the room. Uh, I think that that group in there will win if we can continue to move ahead uh, and continue to build and progress day to day, especially coming off of the things that we have in the past, learning from them, as, as has been mentioned here, and rolling ahead into this season and being focused on being the best we can each day. 
a couple of years ago when those guys were younger, you, you yeah. were big on letting them grow and letting them have sure. off-ice interests and all that. Do you still feel that's the way to go, that they're maturing the way that you, uh, you had hoped? I've seen massive maturity from, from all of them, you know, all of our younger players, Austin and the steps he's taken, you know, all throughout the rink. Obviously, he's a prolific goal scorer and, and was the top goal scorer in the league last year. Mitch, as a elite penalty killer and, you know, voted to the first all-star team last season individually. William led our team in scoring in the postseason last year and has continued to grow and evolve and, and, uh, and really become the player that, that everybody thought he could be. And I think there's still room for all of those players to grow um, individually. And the, but the great thing that I'm happy about, Lance, in this offseason has been what I've seen from them in terms of their care about the team. And from the X interviews through to today, how their mindset is, is about the team more than it is about anything else and what they can do to help the team uh, on and off the ice. And so in terms of their growth and the things that I see day to day from them, uh, I'm thrilled with them. And, but we need to continue. They're still very young and they're not, they're not close to what most would consider to be their peak. Um, and so we need to continue to help them, push them, challenge them, hold them accountable and, um, and roll from there. David Alter, Hockey News. We'll take three after that. Pierre, Luke, and Chris. Hey, Kyle. I got a couple for you as sure. well. Uh, first, um, in the goaltending situation, I know it's going to be a tandem, but is there an open competition for the starter or who gets more starts? Uh I, I think, like with any competition, David, that'll that'll be decided throughout the throughout the season. And if one of them runs with it, then that's great. But I, I think the the system that we've decided on has been that, um, you know, we want them to work together. We want them to be a great pairing together, and and uh, you know, give our team a chance to win every night that either one of them is in net. So. Okay. And uh, last year, you had the advantage of the taxi squad. Obviously, with mm -hmm. the team up against the cap, it's going to be hard to carry a maximum amount of players. I'm yeah. wondering if you can speak to the challenges of not having that is going to be like in terms of roster management going forward. Yeah, I think we're extraordinarily fortunate that we have the Marley's, you know, 200 steps across the hall and, you know, a few a mile or so down the road at, at Coca-Cola Coliseum. So um, it sure, you know, last year, obviously dealing with the season in the way that it was formed, um, it was it was nice to have the taxi squad for reasons of practice and rest and such and to have people at the ready in case things happened. Um, this year we'll be back to the way it was and, and we've got a lot of work and Brandon Pridham spends all of his time making sure that we're in a good spot, that, uh, that we're never um, left uh, playing shorthanded or things of that nature. So uh, we've, we've gone through all that this offseason to make sure we're ready to roll and, and with the Marlies here, um, it, we're just very fortunate to have that. Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Hi, Kyle. Um, after the exit to Montreal, there's a lot of talk about killer instinct and how the group needs more of it. I'm just wondering what resources the organization provided the players with that regard. How, how do you work on the guy's mental game? Well, uh, I, it's, it's a great question. Um, I think that many players and athletes have gone through the early portions and teams have gone through the early por portions of their existence and athletes through the early portions of their career and, and had tremendous talent but faced that same question you know and I think it only gets asked in uh, with regards to playoff success it doesn't you know you don't come in the regular season unless you have a, a history of, of losing leads and such and say that the team lacks that so I, I think for me, Luke, the way that we prepare, our, the way that we get our team ready for those moments is through our preparation each day starting now. I don't think you can get to the, the playoffs and just flip a switch and it comes. We've had moments and, and opportunities to put teams away, and we haven't done that yet. 
um, but I think in terms of resources, it's the way that we practice. Um, you know, we've, we've made changes to, to our staffs and, and added Greg Harden as a peak performance coach that Sheldon can speak to more in depth um, to try to help our, our people and our, our staff and our coaches be at their best in, in moments when um, the pressure comes. And I, I think that we just have to lean into that. We can't run from it. Um, we can't hide from it. Uh, we have to prepare each and every day because that's what it's going to take in order to get to those moments and be excellent in those moments. You, you have to live it here every single day and be at your best in practice in the gym and, um, and be ready for, for when the, the light shines brightest. And that's what we're preparing for. And just a thought on Nick Robertson. How open is the path for him to crack the team right out of camp? Or do you foresee him building with the Marlies? I have no preconceived notion about especially on, on left wing, who's going to you know, be on the team and where. So the path for Nick is to do as he does and bulldoze his way through it. He wants it starting today and, and, uh, and tomorrow. Is go out and grab it. Chris Johnson, Toronto Star. Hey, Kyle. Might be a good follow, but uh, with bringing Hosang and Gusev in on, on tryout arrangements, how open is the door for them given the number one-way contracts already on the roster? Same answer, basically, Chris, as, as Luke on, on Robertson, is that you know they're going to be given a, a big opportunity um, in training camp. It's a much smaller camp than, than we've had in, in Sheldon's first full, uh, full camp as a head coach uh, with you know exhibition, preseason, so on and so forth. Um, but they're, they're going to be, we're not bringing them in to fill out the, the bottom end of the roster or the third team of the training camp as we have in the past. They're, they're going to be brought in and given a chance to play with our best players and show what they can do. Um, it'll be up to them to take advantage of it, and if they force their way through and, and beat out somebody that already has a contract, uh, we'll sign them and, and they'll be on the team and, and we'll deal with the uh, reverberations from that. And there was a recent report that Ilya Mikheyev had asked for a trade. I'm wondering if that's true and, and where you see his standing with the team at the moment. The answer to that is that Ilya Mikheyev is going to be on the team and going to be a big part of the team, and we're looking forward to getting the most out of him. So any questions of that, I would refer to Dan Milstein. Pierre Lebrun, The Athletic. Hey Kyle, thanks for taking the time today. Um, you mentioned right after that, uh, with a lot of conviction that you were not going to entertain the thought of trading one of your top four forwards. But you can't stop other teams from phoning you anyway. That's their mm -hmm. job. Right. Um, was there interest in, in Mitch Marner this offseason, and how did you handle that? Uh, I'm not going to get into peer-specific calls. We get on specific guys. Um, as I've said in the past, uh, my belief in that group and there, not just the, the, the terminology that gets thrown around, but of what I would say is the entire core is, is immense and, and unwavering. You know, you always have to, in this job, consider anything that's going to make your team better. And there was nothing that came along from the end of our series to today that I felt was even to be considered in terms of making our team better. We would have been different, and maybe that would provide some cover and appease the masses a little bit, but we wouldn't be better. And that's why my belief in that group is, is so large, is that I feel that when these big moments come again, that they are going to be at their best and, and they are going to have success. And you know, I, I believe in them as people. I believe in them as players. They're obviously very talented players, but also as people and what they're about. And um, I know that they take this stuff personally and that they'll be ready to roll this season. Just one more. Uh, we're going to hear from Sheldon here momentarily. Mm -hmm. 
what do you feel his learning curve has been like? That was a big moment of adversity for him as well, losing in the first round. How do you feel he'll bounce back from that? Yeah, he and I have worked together a long time now, Pierre, uh, and you know, in, in all of our previous stops have sort of dealt with this early on, um, where, where we have disappointment. What I see from Sheldon each day is that um, he continually reinvents himself. The coaching staff, you know, he obviously with Dave Haxtell moving to Seattle, we had to make changes to the coaching staff. So bringing in Dean Chanelth and then bringing in Spencer Carberry. And, and just from, from my vantage point, because of some of this construction work that's happened here, I've been in you know, clo closer to them, and this was the same last year than I've ever been, and I think the environment, the spirit of the group, their preparedness for the season, when stuff like that happens where you don't reach your goal, that, uh, Sheldon, to me, that's when he gets to be at his best, is that he's not uh, resigned to a certain way of doing business or a certain way that things have to be done. He's always looking for ways that things can improve and in every season and in every stop I've worked, whether it's been with the Sioux or the Marlies, uh, now this is the opportunity here to do the same. When we've had those moments of disappointment is when I've found that he does his very best work and um, I'm excited to get at this season with him again and get rolling. Perfect. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks, you. Kyle. We'll be back in a few minutes. Okay, so there was Kyle Dubas. Um, J.D. Bunkus, Justin Bourne. A lot of the same stuff here, right? Like, I almost... You're, you're the general manager of the Maple Leafs. I, I, I feel bad for the media guys because it's like, okay, you got to go ask those questions, but they've already been asked, and these guys have been prepped all year off season essentially for these three questions they've all got the exact same answer about they're all going to say we can't run from it we can't hide from it but we need to move on and get past it and look forward right they're all like we want to move forward they all they've all been saying the same thing of there's nothing we can do about it now which you're like oh okay i, I guess so except for there is because you can prepare differently you can address things differently maybe it's all the same you you know, you made a great point as we were just kind of watching it of you wish Dubas could just say like, hey, we could have beaten Montreal like nine times out of ten. But I do sort of think that that's what he's saying between the lines, right? Without taking the shot at Montreal, he's basically saying that over and over and over again where he's like, we're staying with this core. I believe in this group. It didn't go group. our way, yeah. Right. It didn't go our way. We're not running from it. We're trying to prepare. We believe that when we get to those moments, we're going to be different or we're going to come through. These guys take it personally. To me, reading between the lines, that's been the entire offseason is that this guy, I don't want to say he feels like his group got completely unlucky. I'm sure there are things he's concerned about, but that ultimately he's like, hey, the worst part about this season is right now. We just need to get through all of this. Everyone's going to talk about our team, rip on our team, rip on our group, talk about trades, talk about the offseason, talk about Marner. We just need to get into the season, play some hockey, remind people that we're a competent hockey team, build towards the actual time that's going to matter, which is the playoffs. But this part, actually, right now, this is the mud. This is the crap. We just need to eat it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and you know what? That was a Hall of Fame performance by Dubas because he didn't give us the, a quote. He didn't give us we can and we will. He didn't give us the last dance. There's not going to be something that comes out of this that he has to deal with again. He, he doesn't care about these questions. He has his thought. He's trying to get through this without saying anything that everyone else has to deal with, and that was a success for him. So, yeah, I think to your point... He did have the, the, the we take this, they, they take this personally line, I thought. Was, but, yeah. yeah, of course they should. But, but either but way, that's I'll bet the you bet, that gets aggregated. That's the bet that they're making. Mm -hmm. 
And and what we should take from this is they're betting that last season was like, look, John Tavares had his brain shaken up like nine seconds into the series. We think we were up three to one. It was going pretty good. We lost a couple of games in overtime. Like, we don't think we're that far off. We're just going to run this back and see what's going to happen this time. I feel like that's the case they're making here that, that, you know, that they believe in what they have genuinely and that they, they're not going to change it because there's a lot of ruckus around the team. Yeah. I, my My main question is actually remains the same. Like, I just... Before it was, did they have the blue line depth? Did they have the goaltending? Did they have the this? Did they have the that? It's a lot of pressure, but so much of the season is just, is Mitch Marner going to be capable of maturing? Yeah. Is he going to be able to overcome his demons? Because they're very much there. With Matthews, it's like, who thinks anything? Like, I got a text the other day. Uh, or yesterday, it was text line. I didn't read it, but it was, why isn't Matthews catching more flack for the performance? He only had the one goal. I'm like, well, first of all, he wasn't the guy that led the series in, and the playoffs since he's been around in pucks over the glass. He's not the guy who looked completely visibly shaken, who had zero impact essentially on the series in a positive way. And also, like, who out there truly believes that Matthews is in some way like not a big game dude. Right. That guy is He's shown over like, and over again. He is when he walks on the red carpets and he goes to UFC events with Austin Matthews. He's like, I belong here. That guy wants to do GQ because he thinks I'm a superstar. I don't think that he's ever thinking about that kind of stuff. Sheldon Keefe's at the podium. Let's go there. We'll come back. J.D. Bunk is Justin Bourne after Sheldon Keefe. Full preseason process. Uh, here, so lots of excitement for us. First of all, obviously with the additions of our coaching staff and, and changes there, with the additions of Spencer Carberry and Dean Chenoff, um, really been a good process for us through the off season to build towards uh, today. And then also with the additions of our players, uh, the, the amount of depth that we've added throughout, uh, especially our forward group and goaltending, um, gives us lots of options and lots of competition throughout the camp. So to have this uh, preseason in training camp uh, gives us great excitement to be able to you know, watch things play out. Great. We'll start with questions. Terry Koshin, Toronto Sun. Morning, Sheldon. Good to see you again. Okay. It's um, a lot harder to find you here now. <laughs> the, uh, so, yeah, you talk about the depth at forward now, and, you know, Kyle just alluding to the idea that the left side is fairly wide open. What do you quote unquote plan to do there, starting with the on-ice sessions, and then how much does Matthew's uh, absence, if he's gone for a length of time during camp, uh, you know, kind of impact all that for you? Yeah, well, obviously, not, not having Austin for for all of the, the on-ice sessions, you know, will limit some of the things we would we would like to do. But uh, in terms of how we're going to address address things and approach it, uh, it's going to be. Different phases for the camp. I think at the beginning you'll you'll see you know you'll see what the lines and things look like. But uh, in the early stages here, I'm looking to provide opportunity and try different things with different players. And as as we move through the preseason, you'll see things shift a little bit more as we watch and 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 uh, uh, see what we think works, or maybe we want to try different things. So it's nothing that's set in stone here. That's what's probably the most exciting as you, as, as a coach, as you go into a camp where you've got positions available and you've got competition. And we, th we think we've got a number of, of options, both in the players that we've added and the players that are returning on the, on the left side. So 
uh, that's uh, that's something that uh, we're excited for here. We'll, we'll start you know tomorrow with with a, a look that we want to see. Um, it's not necessarily even things that we're looking for in terms of line combinations per se, but it's more about opportunity and having personalities together and um, you know m matching. Uh, leadership with younger players and things like that uh, because it's not just the the NHL players but even the players that are developing for us we want to make sure that they continue on the the, the, um, uh, the path of, of growth because they're important to us. And I guess the other question I have is how much do you expect uh, Rasmus Sandin to blossom this year and become a full-time NHL or for you on the blue line and you know a lot of people are worried about the future of Morgan all that sort of thing but as far as Sandin goes what do you see what do you expect out of him this year? Yeah, I expect him to continue to take steps. I mean, all, all the experiences that he had last season, you're, you're expecting you know, not just him, but all of our young players to, to benefit from that. And uh, I know that he's excited to get going here. Um, you know, he's, he's one of those guys we will move around and, and, and play in different spots throughout the, throughout the, the, the camp. But, uh, yeah, we, we gave him those opportunities last season. He did well for us, and, and, but we... we we believe that that will, you know, help him uh, speed along his his development. Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Um, Kyle is uh, praising your uh, ability. To, he said to reinvent yourself. Uh, how difficult was that after what happened uh, last year? What form may that take this season with uh, with a different lineup? And may maybe you take a different mental approach uh, with some of your guys, specifically the, the the core four players. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily look at it as as reinventing myself or anything like that I, I I believe in who I am and and I also believe in a lot of the, the great things that we did last season to put ourselves in a position to compete in the playoffs uh, obviously we didn't we didn't get it done and we recognize that um, so you know an area of focus for us as a staff is is just continuing to ensure that the things that we do from day one of training camp all through the season help us be at our best when it counts the most and and reality is that is something that was a focus for us last season as well and it clearly didn't hold up you know we, our focus last season was to set the standard we wanted to uh to change our habits and our details in particular defensively and our work habits work habits and competitiveness we feel like we made great strides there but it wasn't good enough so setting the standard was our focus last season you know, this season as we come into it we were looking to raise the standard because clearly we've got to get to another level uh, so that's our focus as a team that's my focus as a coach I believe in the additions uh, that I talked about with our coaching staff uh, as well as the additional depth we have throughout our roster within the great belief I have in the character of our team and the talent that uh, you know that gives me great excitement to get started here on the ice tomorrow I was gonna ask about the new coaches can you just talk a bit about the the two new guys and what their responsibilities might be yeah, Dean, Dean Chanel obviously comes over to us, you know, from Carolina. He's, he, he had done an unbelievable job with a with a very good, uh, very good team, uh, very good defense core. So he'll he'll work with the defense with us. I uh, also ran one of the top penalty kills over the last three seasons in Carolina as well. So he'll work with the penalty kill with us and continue along that path. He's got a great personality, great experience as both a player and coach, and has added a lot to our staff here already. And Spencer Carberry is a guy I have tremendous respect for uh, from the time that I met him when he worked with us in a development camp a number of years ago. 
when I was with the Marlies and uh, coaching against them in the American League and Hershey's coming off being the coach of the year and um, you, the more you call around you hear you can't hear enough good things about the job that he's he's done um, there and again it's a guy that's brought a lot to our staff he's gonna uh, he's gonna take the lead with our power play this season uh, Manny Maholtra will remain on the bench with us um, and and support both Dean and and uh, Spencer in their roles, uh, as well as working with, with me and our forwards. So um, I think we've got a really well-rounded staff that uh, it's been great to work with them this summer with some of the protocols and such uh, easing a little bit. We've been able to work a little bit closer versus having to do everything really by Zoom is what we did in the past. This season we've been together a whole lot more in, in the lead up to camp and, and uh, we're ready to go. Josh Clipperton, Canadian Press. Hey, Sheldon. Um, this is, I guess, your third season, or parts of three seasons you've done, you've been with the team. What, what have you learned about this job that maybe you didn't know coming in, in terms of the demands or the pressure or anything? Yeah, I don't think there's anything there in terms of the, the demands or the pressure. I knew exactly what I was getting into there, and, and I accept uh, the, the responsibility that comes with that. Uh, I think just the thing that's continued to be something that I've thought a great deal about is just the pace of the league and really what I'm referring to is just the rhythm of the schedule. Uh, obviously there's been some wrinkles, uh, certainly last season was much different uh, than a normal season. I think all coaches were adjusting to that, but the pace of the league is, is significantly different uh, in terms of the way that the games come and the travel and the things that are associated with that that you don't, uh, you don't face in the American Hockey League uh, quite the same. So there's been consistent adjustments to be made there for me in terms of practice planning and rest and recovery and, and uh, just, just how you build out your, how you build out your foundation uh, as a team and how you reinforce different things as the season moves along. Uh, it becomes a lot harder to get real, real practice time. You know, you get time on the ice to practice, but in many cases you're, you're out there, you're looking to just get the guys a quick sweat and feel the puck and get them off the ice. In terms of really working at their game, it's, it's a lot more challenging. And that, that puts even more importance on a training camp and preseason schedule. And, and, and I'm really excited to get started tomorrow with that. There's, there's no doubt, sorry, Sheldon, there's, there's no doubt that you guys did a lot of good things last year defensively, uh, you know, structurally. Obviously, it didn't end well. There was the issues with the talk of killer instinct. How do you sort of, the team wants to move forward, but how do you cherry pick the good things and try to forget the bad things? Because there was a lot of good, but it obviously didn't yeah. end the way you wanted. Yeah, I don't think there's, I mean, you never want to forget. I mean, that's, that certainly is not, not what my job is or not the approach that I've taken here. We want to learn through everything that we've gone through. Our players are taking the same approach. I know in the discussions that I've had with them and some of the reports that they've come back to me with the, the discussions they've had amongst themselves, there's no, there's no forgetting and there's, there's learning and moving forward. Um, but we can't lose sight of the fact that we did do a number of great things last season and we're not here to... Um, you know, to change our foundation that I believe we laid as a team last year. I think as part of the, part of the disappointment that we had and how, how bad that felt was because of the belief and the excitement that was built up over the course of the season. And the players earned that through the work that they put in. We asked for a lot of changes in the habits and details of how they played defensively. We saw significant growth that way. I don't believe that those in any way were the reason why we weren't successful in the playoffs. Like I said, the key for us here is the things that we do, especially offensively, that we need them to hold up over the course, um, not just in the regular season, but in the postseason as well when it counts the most. Kevin McGrath, Toronto Star. 
Uh, Sheldon, just a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, one of the things that did really well at the beginning of last season that faded at the end was the power play. How much did you ruminate over what went wrong and what might change going into this season on that particular front? Yeah, a, a lot, obviously. It, that was a priority for us. You know, and as we went through the process, uh, in particular when you know, Dave Haxtell um, moved on and got the head coach position in Seattle, that was, you know, the real impetus for us to really look and, and obviously had to make changes to our staff. It started with, with Dean Chadell, but also just led me to, to have a, a, you know, a, a greater look at our staff and how we worked and, and what we had been through over the course of the season, specific to the power play. Um, you know, I think uh, there's a number of circumstances there that we hope don't repeat themselves in terms of injuries and things that force us to move things around um, more than we would have liked to. Uh, but we've got a fresh start here. Uh, Spencer's got a great plan, and, and he's, we've got uh, Manny Malhotra to work with him as well, who's who's now been through it with our team and with our group uh, for a year. But we've got some changes in personnel at the same time. Uh, we know who the returning players are, and they're going to be uh, very important, of course, uh, you know, in our, in our power play. But uh, we've got to establish a great foundation and, and look, to, look to build upon it throughout the season for sure. But it's uh, something that we've, we've looked at and, and talked about a lot. And, and you know, we'll, we'll try some different looks through camp and, and uh, look to get back to where we had it and look to sustain that. The other question, you spoke about the pressures of this market. You knew what you were getting into. I asked this of Kyle earlier. Do you feel your job is on the line more this year than it has been at any previous point? Those types of thoughts are, you know, don't come into my mind. I mean, these are things that are out of my control. Just like I ask the players to control what they can control in terms of their effort and their habits and their focus, I've got to remain focused here. I've got a job to do. Um, I recognize and accept the pressure and responsibility that comes with this position. I knew that when I got into it. Um, there hasn't been a day where I've thought about it, but there also hasn't been a day where I don't um, recognize the responsibility that I have towards our fans and our ownership and, and our management team. So, um, again, I'm excited for a new season here. I believe greatly in our group and, and our staff. Uh, and a day like today is a great one because, you know, we're in the moment here and we're going we're gonna to remain there. And the process of building a team starts tomorrow on the ice. Cheers. Thanks a lot. We'll do four final ones. Mark, Pierre, Luke, and Kristen. Sheldon, uh, what, what sort of impact do you expect uh, Greg Harden can, can make for the coaching staff this season? Well, I think he, he's a great resource, not just for, for the players, but for the coaching staff as well, and really all facets of our organization. Um, he's got lots of great, uh, lots of great experience and, and perspective. Um, just another great resource to, for us to, to lean upon um, you know, throughout the season. When it comes to your goaltending, uh how do you see that position as the camp opens? Is Jack Campbell as the incumbent starter kind of it's his job to lose, or do you see it as a true competition to be the opening day starter? Yeah, I see it as a as a great competition. I, I don't put a whole lot of emphasis on opening day or anything like that. As we very well know, it's a very long season, and uh, we've we've got two great competitors there that have both coming off great seasons. Are both very confident in their abilities, obviously. We developed great confidence uh, in Jack, and he earned that through his performance last season. He's worked extremely hard uh, this offseason, and Peter comes in as well with great experience, great, conf great confidence, and, and, and has had great success as well. So uh, we think we've got uh, a great tandem there that will work together and will compete on the ice starting tomorrow for the net, but we'll do so for the benefit of the team, and we know we're going to need both, and we'll lean on both uh, throughout the season. Kristen Chilton, TSN. 
Hey, Sheldon, I'm just wondering, is Paul McLean playing a role as well with the coaching staff this year? Yeah, he's, he's remaining as uh, on staff, but not in the same role as last season. It'll be more an advisory type of role. He's actually recovering um, from a surgery uh, here right now, um, uh, second hip surgery for him. So he's going to go through that process. But yeah, he'll be around us, but not in the same capacity as last season. Okay, and I just wanted to follow up. When you, you talked about getting to that next level, it kind of can be a bit of a catch-all. Do you What will you see at this camp, I guess, at just to start, that will show you that players understand whether it's on the ice, off the ice, like that they've taken, you know, those messages and that disappointment and they're turning it into something positive? Yeah, I think just through the attitude and the mindset of our team, uh, again, we've had great discussions through the offseason and we're going to hit the ice and then you need to see it through action. Uh, as I said, there's a lot of things that we, we saw great progress in last season. I don't remember exactly just how much you know, the media and press was around for our training camp that we had at the start of last season, but we saw a great increase uh, there, and we're looking to just raise that standard and get it to another level um, this time around. So, uh, you know, it's, it, whether it's me up here, or whether it's the players, or whether we're in a meeting room, or whatever it is, we can talk and plan and do all the things we want, but it's about uh, action on the ice, and that's what I'm most excited about for tomorrow. Pierre Lebrun, The Athletic. Uh, Sheldon, last season, uh, one of the trademarks of your team, I thought, was that when you had a, a low point or a few bad games, you bounced back pretty strongly. The, the season never felt like it was derailing. How important will that be this year where there's even more pressure, where I'm sure at some level you wish you could jump in a time machine and get right back to the playoffs, where a lot of your critics are saying, yeah, but let's see, let's see come playoff time. How do you sh sort of get your players from a psychological perspective through that burden? Yeah, well, first, I, I mean, I, well, I, of course, recognize the, the, the attention and, and the urgency that comes with the playoffs. I actually don't think, don't wish we could get in a time machine there because the process to me is the greatest part of as you go through and building a team and the things you go through from a training camp through the 82-game season um, and then into the preseason, th those are the things that... Um, that you, you, as you build through it, those are the things that you lean upon that when adversity hits and things get tough that you, that propel you forward. I mean, when you're a part of short-term events and things like that, it's not, it's great when you win, but it's not quite the same. It's the, it's the grind and it's everything that you go through as a team is the ups and downs. And um, while I do think we had a, a very consistent season last year, there, there's just, you know, there's, there's a couple of segments of that season for me that I, I point at where you know, we did lose. You know, at one point in time, it was five games in a row, and one time we lost six out of seven. I mean, those are the types of things that we've looked at, you know, that um, were blips in our season last year where you know, we don't want to have those. We want to want to get back on track quickly. And we did that a lot. We didn't do it all the time. And, again, that's what we talked about. We, we set the standard last season. We made great progress, but it clearly wasn't good enough. I mean, those are, are two things that I point to that, you know, that we, 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 we want to... You know, the two things that looked um, the most similar to what happened to us in the, in the playoffs and in, in, in terms of, you know, losing consecutively and not being able to get it back. But uh, like I said, there was great progress made with our team. We can't lose sight of that. But we also know that it didn't hold up in the end. So we, we've got to take that to another level here. Thanks. Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Hi, Sheldon. Uh, what intrigues you most about Josh Hosang and Nikita Gusev, a couple guys coming in here on tryout? What do they have to do to make the team? Uh, what intrigues me the most is just talent, uh, skill, uh, added depth for our team. Uh, first of all, it's going to make our 
training camp and preseason a lot more competitive uh, when, when players see more players like that around them. Um, so that makes more competition through our camp and that's something that we really like. We've talked about the importance of that. We want to have uh, that level of competitiveness right from day one. Um, we don't want to... Um, we, we like the competition and the fact that as I go into it, I can't tell you with great certainty what, what the lines will look like when we open, when we open in game one and that's a good feeling for me uh, and, it's, and it's one because I have a number of different options as I've said, not just not just the players that you've mentioned, um, but, but players that we've signed and that we've brought in, but also players that are returning for us that we believe might be able to give us more. So, um, you know, the added talent here, and it's, I've watched a little bit, not, not a whole lot, but there's been a lot, of, lot happening in, in, the, in the last number of weeks here in the facility in preparation for camp. And, uh, and I look at the names and I look at the rosters that we put together to start camp tomorrow and, and I see great depth. I don't see a lot of holes there, you know, that, that I've seen in some other camps. Uh, so you know, that extra depth there is good for us in terms of what we need to see for them. They need to just they need to be themselves and show their skill, but they also need to have the same foundation we're asking for all of our players in terms of competitiveness, physicality, structure, and the consistency that they bring with it. So those things are, are vital for all the players that are seeking to make this team. And one of the returning guys is Mikheyev, and there was a report that he requested a trade. Did you sense any dissatisfaction from his part or that he wanted a larger role, or, or what was your sense of his season? Well, I think Mickey's certainly one of those guys that wants a larger role. I think a lot, a lot of players, anytime you're, you're running a team and you get lower in the lineup, you're going to get players that want more. And that's a great thing as a coach because they're hungry for more, they're working for more. He'll, he, like a lot of others, will get opportunities through this preseason uh, to do more. And I, believe, I believe in Mickey uh, greatly. He's an extremely important player for us in the things that he does. And if we can get him to add more to his game and, and, and take on more, then even better for our team. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Just be a moment for John Tavares to join us, everybody. Good show. Sports if I'm not a fan. We're going to hear from John Tavares. He's going to jump on the podium in a second here. Um, I thought Keith was actually pretty interesting. I, I don't know how much we're going to be able to get into it here because we're going to jump to Tavares. These are always those like weird segments where you're like, okay, do I get to say my takes about Keith? No, because Tavares is at the podium, so we'll hear that now. Keith takes later. How long did that take from a mental standpoint to clear before you could start training again and, and, and a physical standpoint as well? Yeah, um, I guess to get into uh, a little bit more detail than maybe what uh, all of you know, um, you know, it's, it's as I explain it to people when people ask me or, uh, you know, people when talking to my friends or family kind of as things uh, prog progress coming out of the hospital, I don't obviously I don't have any memory of the incident. Um, um, but I, I um, don't have any, I didn't have any symptoms, I didn't have any pain, um, you know, other than just being really exhausted, walking out of the hospital, sleeping two or three hours. Um, 
um, you know, really, I, I kind of got back to myself relatively uh, quickly in, in the matter of those first couple of days after I got some rest and some sleep and some of the shock probably wore off of just being in the, being in the ambulance, being in the hospital and just kind of taking in uh, what I just went through. And I progressed really quickly. After three or four days, I was already um, on the bike, getting my heart rate up, um, followed that up with, you know, doing a, a light to moderate workout to what uh, I'm sure all of you saw me starting to skate and getting on the ice. So all that was progressing really well. Uh, how much quickly that would have went uh, if we continued playing, I don't think we'll ever really know, but I think all signs were, were, were pointing in really good directions at the time. Um, when things ended, obviously I then had time to just kind of get away. I put the equipment away right away. Um, you know, I stayed active, uh, just wanted to continue kind of the, the progress that I was making uh, physically, um, you know, just staying fit and, and preparing myself um, to get ready for my off-season program and, and um, you know, getting to that point where you want to be cleared to play again. So I just continued on that progression and there was no hiccups. Um, you know, I know Kyle spoke at uh, some point in July, um, and it was relatively early in July when I kind of passed my final test. I'd already been on the ice a number of, numerous times at that point. Passed my final test to kind of give me the clearance uh, uh, with no restrictions and the full go-ahead, so and everything's been great ever since. So I think Kyle mentioned that you had a knee injury on the play as well, yeah, too? Yeah, the, the knee was very, very minor. Okay. Uh, the knee was very minor, and um, you guys saw me skating. Um, it's not something that if I was to return to play, as soon as uh, I was on the ice then or a few days after that, I wouldn't have been able to play, so. Okay. Chris Johnson, sport, uh, Toronto Star. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it's going well, but, uh, you know, I'm wondering then, I'm not sure how intense the skates you've been in in the summer, but do you have any trepidation at all then when, when you're on the ice and back in action with bodies around and everything? No, uh, all that's been great. I think, uh, you know, having the off-season and be able to kind of build uh, – uh, over time has been great. You know, just uh, traditionally the way I've approached every offseason is, you know, a lot of kind of one-on-one -on -one individual work. And there was quite a bit of that last offseason in the fall just because of the restrictions with the pandemic and whatnot. Um, where now, you know, obviously uh, uh, didn't have that, didn't really have that too much to worry about. So just built from there and then skating with more bodies. And then uh, as things picked up throughout the summer, traditionally skates get a little more intense, a little bit tougher. Guys start leaning on each other a little bit more. Nothing quite prepares you for what I'm going to face tomorrow and obviously getting into a game possibly on the weekend. So, um, But uh, I've been treating it like any offseason that I've had in the past and everything's been great. So um, obviously just continue to take these steps and, and it'll be great to uh, get into tomorrow um, and obviously the, the next few weeks and, and uh, um, really start to, to get that feel again for the game and, and you know, just get past those 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 check marks and, and get and feel good about uh, you know I've I've returned to play now I've come back from the injury and I played a game or I've been through some intense practices where things uh, uh, all matter again you're being judged and, and critiqued and it's all part of the process so um, yeah looking forward to those steps this week. When you look at the summer, uh, maybe some of the changes that were made are reflected on last season. What areas do you think the team can you know where can you improve this season as a team? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Sheldon and, and Kyle have definitely communicated with a lot of us um, where we can be better. Um, you know, we made a lot of strides defensively last year. I know that was a big emphasis uh, for us going into the season last year and the things we worked on, but I think we still feel like there's a lot of uh, areas um, uh, that we can get better at, particularly some of the details when you, when you, you know, dive into certain things as the coaching staff has done. Um, that we can do and I, I think we, we talked about holding leads and uh, defending down the stretch a, a little better late in games and, and things like that. Uh, I think we can do um, 
a much better job of. We can be a little bit more cleaner in, the, in that area. Um, certainly, I think uh, we want, just want to continue to improve in the areas that we made improvements in, and those standards have been set, and how can we make those even better and be even more of a stingy team to play against, a, a harder team to play against, more competitive. Um, you know, um, so I think we, we know about the skill and the offense and, and you know, we, we have that and I think it's continuing to fine-tune fine that and reinforce that where we're, we're getting the offense in the ways that are going to lead to success um, over, the, over time and, and in the playoffs. So, um, you know, continuously just trying to improve in all those areas uh, and specifically, like I mentioned, on, on the defensive aspect, how we continue to raise those standards and, um, and, and get into a little bit more detail, just uh, um, being a little bit stronger late in games, protecting leads, and, and just being a very stingy team to play against. Kevin Grant, Charles Starr. Hey, John. You played, um, obviously, your final year in Long Island, you, uh, you played without a contract extension. Obviously, you're skating right to a free agency. That Morgan's kind of in the same situation this year. What was that level of uncertainty like for you? What were, what were some of the emotions you felt that year, and what can you say to Morgan to sort of help him through this? Yeah, I... Um for me, I just kind of tried to take it a day at a time. I know it's it's so cliche, uh, but um, I was excited about the, my last year, an opportunity in, in New York, and uh, just another season, another chance to try to win the Stanley Cup and have a good year myself. Uh, um, just kind of stuck to what I did every year. I didn't really want to treat it any differently. Uh, obviously, you know, you acknowledge, you know, that your contract's ending um, and it's there in the back of your mind, but I just got focused in, in the day-to-day -day and being ready to play and doing the best thing I, I could to help my team and my teammates. Um, and obviously, I was in New York for a long time, and I always thought uh, that it was probably going to work out. Obviously, things went uh, in a different route, but... Um, I just tried to focus on the day-to-day -day and you know there's so much that goes into performing and trying to play at an elite level and and uh, the responsibility you have amongst uh, amongst the team amongst the group you don't want to let anybody down so I just just tried to get engulfed in just playing the game and enjoying that and and you know that stuff will just kind of take care of itself. Pierre LeBron, The Athletic. Hey John, uh, as the captain uh, of this team um, you know what how did it make you feel to, to hear Kyle Dubas come out right after the playoffs and um, double down on his belief in the core of this team and, and resisted what other people thought maybe should have been moves he should look at, basically bringing back the same core? Yeah, very, very happy, very thankful about that because I think we all in, in the locker room completely 100% believe in each other and, and the group that we have, and especially the core group of guys. and, and uh, uh, we know we're putting everything into us every single day, trying to find our way through uh, over these challenges and these hurdles and uh, the things that uh, uh, um, have been tough on us. Um, so, you know, it's not easy to win the Stanley Cup and get to where we want to get to. Uh, we know how competitive, competitive and um, how tight our league is. Um, so I think I said it uh, uh, in the offseason and just, just want to keep banging on that door until we knock it down and I and we all truly believe that this group's doing everything they can and and have uh, have what it takes to to do that so um and uh, when you have your manager uh step up and have your back like that uh, um you know it makes everyone feel really good about uh, about things and where we're at and where we're trying to get to and and where we can just kind of keep our focus thanks mark masters tsn hi john uh, in the wake of the playoff loss, how did you and the rest of the leadership group uh, kind of process that and move past it, and what was that like? Uh, yeah, the loss obviously was pretty miserable and disappointing, uh, hard to take. Um, 
and, and yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to have some type of uh, you know scar or mark just because I think the type of season and the expectations we created for ourselves and getting to the point where we were at and and, uh, and not finishing job not finishing the job in the first round and getting getting that next opportunity. So. I think for us, it's obviously just a motivating factor, an opportunity to try to learn and reflect. Um, now, there's a lot of work and time to get to where we want to get to. So, you know, first step in order, I think we've we talked about is just how can we just start off with a really good training camp and prepare ourselves for an 82-game grind that uh, we're going to be facing uh, with the Olympics and all those other things that are going to be part of this season um, and different challenges of the pandemic that uh, are presenting now. So, I think it's just kind of slowly trying to trying to turn the page and. Uh, reflect and, and, and also just trying to stay really present and know that uh, we got to take care of business now to get that opportunity that we want again. And what stood out to you about the way Sheldon and Kyle handled the aftermath in this off season? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're they're trying to uh, lead the way and, and helping us uh, uh, prepare and get ready and understand the challenges that we we have faced and the f challenges that will be facing us ahead and. How can we grow, learn, and adapt, and get better from uh, what we went through—the um, positive and the negative side of it? So, um, you know, I look at it a lot, just kind of internally, and in the discussions that we've had, or the meetings that we've had, or uh, the messages that are being sent, and, and the way uh, we're communicating things. And that's kind of kind of the way it's been: is how can we uh, um, push forward and, and learn from this, and. Um, take the things that went really well, uh, continue to grow and to adapt and, and mature ourselves as people and, and uh, our games as hockey players and obviously collectively as a group. Last two with Luke and Josh. Go ahead, Luke. Hey, John. Um, how badly do you want to make Team Canada? How much has that been on your mind? Yeah, really bad. Uh, it's a special thing to be a part of. Um, I'm really fortunate that I got the experience in Sochi. Uh, got to play and represent my country at the Olympics and win a gold medal. Um, I would love an opportunity to play in the semifinal in the gold medal game. It obviously didn't end individually, uh, particularly the way I would have hoped. But um, you know, you go there as part of a team, as a hockey team, but even a bigger team, um, representing your country and, and the Canadian Olympic team and all of Canada. So. Um, you know, I'd like to think I'd have another chance in four years again, but uh, I think as you get older, chances always get a little bit slimmer. Historically, that's what it's taught you. Uh, never going to close the door, but uh, obviously this would be a great opportunity, something I really want to be a part of, and uh, um, yeah, it, it would be great. So um, definitely been a, uh, a big motivating factor, but at the same time, I think um, in kind of the way I answered the free agency question, I think just worrying about taking care of things here and just playing my game and worrying how to make Maple Leafs the, the best possible team we can and how I contribute to that, uh, let that take care of itself. And just a thought on Josh Ho Hosang, your paths crossed on the island. Have you given him, had any conversations with him? How does he look in the, the pre-camp pre skates so far? Yeah, I think just kind of reconnecting and, and getting to see him again has been great. I know he's uh, been here at the facility training but the last six weeks or so uh, since free agency and really trying to give himself the best possible opportunity to show that uh, you know he can he can make a difference and, and be a part of the organization and um, be, be a be a great asset because obviously his skill and his, his potential is uh, is through the roof so I think you notice a sense of maturity definitely from him even just the way he's carrying himself and handling him around the rink and uh, uh, the workouts and and uh, um, just you know, the, his interactions with the guys and, and, and whatnot. So uh, he's been great. I know he's excited and motivated. So it's, uh, it's great, to, great to have him be a part of the group here and, and uh, um, just knowing uh, the potential that he has. He could, could be something that could really work out for us. Josh, go between CP. Yeah. 
John, uh, just going back to Kyle, when he was talking to us, he talked about how there's the 54-year is not a burden for, for that group, but there is a burden of the last five years for some, for you the last three. Being the team captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs is a burden. What is that burden like? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I just I love to play the game, and I, I think playing in Toronto's, you know, it's hard to think about getting it much better than that. Just the, the opportunity, the support, the tradition, the history. Um, just go out there and make the most of it and, you know, put your best foot forward. I think, you know, trying to worry about the what ifs and the hypotheticals and um, what might happen, what might not happen. I, it's just not really the, the mindset or the thought process I try to have or what's happened in the past. It's just how can I be better tomorrow and make the most of this opportunity? It's not going to last forever. And um, special place to play with great players, a great team, an organization that's all in every year. So, um, yeah, just I, I don't I don't really think about it a whole lot. I think it's just disappointed it didn't work out last year um, or, or the previous years. Now it's like, what's the next opportunity? How can we grow? How can we get better? You know, from a personal standpoint, I've been to the, you know, the second round once in 12 years. So I, I don't personally carry that burden on around um, because that's happened. It's just kind of the way that it's gone. That doesn't mean I haven't done everything I possibly can to get to where I am now. So I think just continuing to know that uh, we have a great, great potential here, great opportunity, and go out there and try to make the most of it. And there's a, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of hard work, and that's all we're going to try to focus on. Just quickly, the, the, the NHL and the NHLPA haven't mandated vaccines, but they made it pretty difficult for guys to not, to not be vaccinated. What's your, have you sort of seen this play out, and, and what's sort of your sense of, of how the process has played out? And, you know, they're hoping for 95 98%, but, but just how it's all sort of gone with, it's not a rule, but it, it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, that's not really my field of expertise um, in terms of uh, public health and, and um, you know, dealing with the pandemic and the, the measures to take. I think, um, you know, the league's obviously trying to operate as, as safe as possible and trying to encourage uh, uh, the safest possible environment in the safest, in the safest ways. So um, they've obviously encouraged that and tried to minim minimize risk to... Um, keep everybody safe and to make sure that uh, obviously um, everything functions uh, accordingly in terms of the season and the schedule and all those types of things. So, um, but obviously it's everyone, anyone's choice to, to determine what they feel is best for them. I can't speak for, can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think you can make an argument on both sides. Um, you know, that's the, what the pandemic's really been all about. It's it's been it's been a very difficult situation uh, all the way through and even up until now. So I think everyone's trying to make the best decisions that they possibly can to do the do the, do the right thing. Thanks, John. Thank you. Also, I guess last thing I wanted to say is, uh, forgot to mention, uh, opening statement was just how excited I think myself and we all are just to play in front of our fans again and our fan base. It, uh, I know for me, I didn't get to play, obviously, the, the couple games that were fans in the building, but uh, just uh, uh, to have that again, I think is going to be pretty remarkable and pretty special and uh, have truly missed it. And, and we know uh, what Leafs Nation means to our team and to this organization. So um, just a message for our fans, just how, look, how much we're looking forward to having that again. So thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, John Tavares. The fans can sense your excitement. <laughs> can you believe what he said in that interview? Oh. Uh, no. Uh, listen, I actually think that uh, in some ways Tavares gets a bit of a tough go because of his age and the cap sheet and the bit of the decline and 
I, I don't know. Like, he had a really good year last year, like a really good year. And just Matthews is the flashier guy that people love, and he's the better player too. Like, it's not just flashier. I shouldn't make it seem like it's just, you know, one guy is a sports car and one guy is the just uh, – Matthews is great. Tavares is great. I just do think that if we did a, like, who is most underappreciated on this team rankings – he would have to be the number one guy, and yet he's the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's just a very weird thing. Yeah. No, I don't no, think no. Muzzin's next. Sam wrote in our group, Muzzin is next. I don't believe that. I actually think everybody loves Muzzin. Or you just mean he's everybody next in terms of Muzzin. he's on the thing. <laughs> oh, he's about to talk. All right. We're going to hear <laughs> Jake Muzzin is next. Uh, second most underappreciated guy, according to Sam McKee, maybe not. All right. Jake Muzzin, here he is. Uh, thriving in those situations. And coming every day to the rink, just being prepared, getting ready, um, you know, being motivated to get better every day. I think if we, we build those things throughout the season, um, you know, it'll set, our, set ourselves up for success. Is maturity just a fact of getting older going through what you've gone through? Yeah. Or is there other things yeah, that can th- happen there? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little bit of learning from your, your failures and, and um, you know, gaining experience every year, um, understanding what's really important. Um, you know, and, and building on that every, every day. Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Hey, Jake, um, just wondering from your own perspective, A, how did you handle the disappointment of, of the way things uh, ended last year? Yeah, it's, you know, when, when you fail to, to meet your, your goals, it's, you know, it's, it's disappointing. Um, you know, it, it, everyone needs to look, at, look in the mirror and, and kind of... Uh, you know, what do I got to do better? How do I, you know, be a better player, be a better person, um, you know, learn from the failures and move on. So it, it was disappointing, um, you know, but we're focused on the season now, training camp, getting off on the right foot and, uh, you know, being excited to, to come to the rink every day. On that note, did you do anything over the summer, uh, conditioning-wise, skating-wise, mental-wise, to did differently than you would have done other summers? Um, no, I just made sure my body's feeling right and, and ready to go for the for the season. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Just want to ask, because obviously we don't get to go behind the scenes. Uh, how has the medical day changed over the years? And do you have a, a favorite part or a, a part of medical day that you that you don't like? Um, as far as like. Testing and that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think anyone really likes testing, um, you know. But it's it's a part of uh, most teams and, and getting ready to play, and they have, you know, standards that they want guys at, and um, you know, it just kind of makes sure you're ready to come in. It, it, uh, you know, it's a big part of playing a full season and being ready to go every every game. So it's uh, it's crucial for guys to come in ready to go, feeling good. Last two. David and Mark. Hey, Jake. <clears throat> Sorry. Hey, Jake. Um, there's one less veteran uh, on the defense this year. I'm wondering what, if anything, that changes from a leadership standpoint for you to kind of help with the younger guys that are coming into camp. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to go about doing the, my, my business the way I, I do it. I don't think, uh, you know, I'm going to change too much. I think I look at uh, younger guys taking another step in that. Um, you know, taking on maybe a little bit more of a leadership role uh, off the ice um, and, and just maturity-wise on the bench and, and, and in the room. Um, but 
as far as myself, I'm just going to continue doing what I do. Last question, Mark Masters, TSN. Jake, uh, what stood out to you about the way uh, the leadership group, the team in general, moved past what happened in the playoffs last year? What was your sense of that? Well, it, what was encouraging is it, it, it hurt. Like, guys were really sour about it, you know, and then we should be. We failed, you know, so it, uh, you know, but I, I, the maturity of group and, and, the, and the leadership group, they, we talked about some stuff and, you know, we'll keep that in-house, but you know, we're focused on, like I said earlier, coming into camp and, and starting off right and, and being competitive right away. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, no problem. There's Jake Muzzin, um, kind of sneakily the actual leader of the team, like the actual vocal captain anyways, the guy that you want to hear from. If, if you get one guy to talk to, like, hey, what the hell happened? And he's like, uh, you go to Jake Muzzin because that's the guy. Like, he's the – so many hockey players, you listen to these interviews and you can listen to them all day, and these guys all have the same answer, right? And this guy doesn't. He's just different. I'm a big Jake Muzzin guy. I won't talk about that more later, but they're just parading these through, dudes through. Now it's Morgan <laughs> Riley. Here we go. Future and how do you expect that to play out? And how do you keep those things at bay and everything that goes into it being that you're the longest current serving leaf here? Yeah, I think you just deal with it kind of as it comes. And um, I think my approach this year with you guys is that I don't really want to discuss it publicly. Um, and, you know, to be honest, that's between JP and Kyle. And I'm just going to take care of myself. I feel great. Um, I'm prepared for the season. I totally understand that it's a question that's worth asking, um, and I'm not trying to disregard it by any means because, I mean, I think about it too. Uh, but, I mean, I'm just going to go about my business, um, prepare for the season. I feel great. Um, and, you know, Kyle and JP will talk, you know, privately, and I'm just going to worry about what I can do, and that's play hockey and play well, and the rest will take care of itself. Is it your desire to be a Maple Leaf beyond this season, Morgan? You know, again, uh, I think you all know how I feel about being a Leaf, um, but there is a business aspect to it. Um, I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. I feel great. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for the season. Um, I'm going to really focus on having a good start. And then, like I said, the rest will take care of itself. But, uh, you know, being a Toronto Maple Leaf is, is, is you know, it's pretty special to me. And um, we'll see what the future holds. Hockey question for you. Love it. Okay. Um, what adjustment do you, do you guys expect, if any, getting back to the Atlantic now after the one-off, the North mm -hmm. Division, seeing the same teams over and over again? It's... Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, Florida Panthers have made some moves. Yep. But you can never keep Boston out of the conversation. Right. The Habs went to the final. So what are your thoughts getting back to the division, that level of competition you'll be facing? Yeah, it's obviously a good division. Um, there's lots of good players, lots of good teams. Uh, you know, all guys that we've played against before in the past, so it's not entirely foreign. But I think there's going to be an adjustment period when it comes to travel, when it comes to, you know, not playing the one team, you know, two days in a row or three days in a row. So, but I think that'll come naturally. I think... Uh, <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, last year was a pretty small sample size, so I don't think that changed anything about the way that we're going to go about anything. Uh, but I think we're all looking forward to getting back to a, a normal schedule and, you know, traveling normally. And um, I think there's, there's plenty of challenges um, ahead, but we're looking forward to those. Kevin McGrath, Charles Star. Morgan, how did you personally deal with the, uh, the disappointment of how things ended last year? Yeah, I think we all deal with... Um, that type of disappointment a, a bit differently. Um, and for me, there was just a lot of reflecting. Um, that's as bad as a, a loss as I've experienced. Um, so I think it took some time to kind of, you know, come to terms with it. And I think as a leadership group, we tried to carve out some time to, you know, talk about 
what happened, why it happened, and you know what we can do to move forward. And I think we feel comfortable with the plan that we have, and you know we're going to press forward. Um, uh, I think that's in the past. We're going to worry about what we can do right now. Uh, that starts with you know on ice training camp tomorrow, and um, you know we're going to work hard to make sure that doesn't happen again. And how about you? Did you do anything differently this summer that you might not have done, uh, either mentally or in the training room or on the ice? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, you always have to adjust and adapt a little bit. Um, I think if you don't do that, you kind of remain stagnant. Um, but those things that I did, you know, I didn't uh, reinvent the wheel or anything. I just tried to, to add a couple of things into my kind of routine, and that's all. I mean, you know, nothing to write home about. Thanks. Okay. We're going to take these ones that are standing. Go ahead, Pierre. Uh, Morgan, just a, one more contract question, if sure. you will. But um, there are players in your position of your stature in the past that have told their agent, listen, if we don't get something done by this date, I don't want this hanging over me all year because it takes away from what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Other players are comfortable keeping the lines open all year. Which camp do you, do you foresee you being big in? It, 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 I mean... I'd say neither. Um, I'm not. It's 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 not really anything that I'm going to try to control. Um, I'm I'm just going to try to play hockey. Um, I you know I have a lot of confidence with where I'm at right now. Um, so I'm not going to try to put any rules on JP Barry and tell him what he can can't do. Um, so I'm going to let that happen between JP and Kyle, and I'm going to take care of what I can do um, just every day. And I mean that's I I think the best approach for me. Thank you. Dave McCarthy, NHL.com. Hey, Morgan. Uh, you obviously haven't had the opportunity to play in the Olympics yet, but this uh, season that opportunity is there. Uh, what's your focus on Team Canada heading into this season? Yeah, right now my focus is, is on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think that, I mean, just there alone, we have our hands full, um, and I think it's important that we we stay focused on the present, um, and, and, and I stay focused on what's, what's present in my life too and that's training camp that's tomorrow that was you know last week was fitness testing so just going to take it one day at a time uh, i mean I'm, I'm extremely confident with where i'm at personally and i can't wait to get going and um i mean we'll see what happens but i'm, I'm just, that, that's all i'm focused on right now mark masters tsn hey morgan um how would you describe the sense of urgency and what you feel uh, around this group heading into this season yeah, I think there's an aspect of that around, but I think it's important that as a group we keep focused on the present and we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. We, I mean, again, I know I'm, I'm boring, but we're just going to worry about tomorrow. We're going to take it one day at a time. Um, you know, I'd be lying if, if, if we weren't eager to get going and, and anxious to start playing meaningful games, but that time's going to come, and I, I think all we can do right now is prepare as a group the best we can, and I mean, for the 10th time, that starts tomorrow, and uh, we're going to get rolling, and um, so we'll deal with that other stuff when it, it, it comes. And for the 10th time on the contract, it seems like you have a really uh, good view on how to handle it. Uh, who did you, if anyone, talk to, get advice in terms of crystallizing that view? I think you just, I mean, you just do what works for you. What Pierre alluded to, people are different, you know, they go about it different ways. You just got to, you know, come to terms with where you're at and what makes you happy and just go with it so I mean like I said if, if you guys ask me again tomorrow that, or, or the next day whatever it's just going to be the same answer I'm not going to talk about it publicly I'm just going to worry about playing hockey and just being the best version of myself and then hopefully the rest will take care of itself and I think that's the best way for me to go about it um, and then that way you guys don't have to always ask 
Kristen Shilton, TSN. Morgan, I'm just wondering, have you learned anything about what it's going to take for this team to thrive in those pressure situations that maybe it hasn't excelled in most recently? Yeah, I'm, you know, I think that's an interesting question. I think that you don't really know until you get back there. I mean, you can, you know, talk all you want to your friends or your parents about, you know, how tough the loss was or what you could have done differently or anything, but we'll find out. Um, you know, as we go through the season. Um, I personally think there's been a lot of growth. Uh, I think that, you know, guys are extremely motivated. Um, and it hurt last year. It hurt guys a lot. So I think we'll find out when we get to that point in the season. Um, and then even before then, we're going to have challenges this year. Um, you know, hopefully we play um, 82 games. And, you know, over the course of that span, there will be challenges and there, you know, will be dry streaks. But um, it, it, it's important that in those moments, we're able to, you know, deal with adversity, push through. And I mean, like I said, we'll find out when that time comes. Hey, Morgan. Oh. Luke, go ahead, Luke. Sorry. Uh, considering the, the sour feeling after, were, did you watch the rest of the playoffs? Did you watch the semis um, final? I, I watched a little bit. Um, I normally watch more than I did, I'll say that, but I, I, I kept track of it, yeah. Yeah, and, and from what you saw, did, are there things that, that of the teams that make it to the, to the semis or the final that stick out to you, we have to do more of that? Mm -hmm. um, I think you can't help but think that way. Um, and I mean, you have those thoughts after each year. If you don't win the last game of the year, you're always saying, you know, uh, what you could do differently. But I think... Like the major takeaway with that is that it, it's, it's on us now to put the work in during the offseason, which I, I believe we did. And now we're going to find out and you know, work hard and just take care of what we can this year. I mean, last year's behind us. Um, you know, we've talked about it. Um, you know, we've dealt with those emotions. And I think it's important for us to move on as a group. Um, I think you have to take those lessons away and move on. So um, I think we're comfortable with the plan that we have in place, the people that we have. So, you know, we're all looking forward to getting going. And um, I mean, like I said earlier, when that time comes, when, you know, people are doubting us or whatever it might be, we're going to find out what we've learned and how we've dealt with it. And we'll see. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, guys. We'll have Mitch Marner joining us next. Getting Mitch Marner in a second here. Put him in the middle. I got a lot of time for Morgan Riley. And, and I think that he actually said some pretty interesting things there. We, we'll get into a lot of these things later, Bourne and I. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to put Marner on the podium in like two seconds. So, yeah, we'll just do that later. Here's Mitch Marner. In camp, uh, great first day, you know. Looking forward to tomorrow and kind of really getting on the ice with everyone and get going and uh, see how we do. Great, thanks, Mitch. We'll go to questions, please. All right. Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. How you doing, Mitch? Great, yourself? Good, good. Um, how do you get past the uh, what happened in the playoffs, both you know for yourself personally and and the team, and, and park that? And, or do you use it for motivation this year? How, how, do, how do you look at all that? Uh, I mean, how I look at it, really speaking, uh, it's the past. Nothing I can do now to change anything. Um, it's been done with. Uh, for me, it's just now looking forward to the here and now. Um, I had a great summer. You know, trained on what I wanted to do, got better at what I wanted to do, uh, worked on my shooting. Um, I think it's more so the confidence of my shooting, just knowing that I have it in me. And, um, you know, I'm focused on the here and now. And like I said, excited for uh, first day of training camp here and looking forward to tomorrow. What did you work on with the shot, Mitch? What was the important part of that for you? Uh, I mean, I think just trusting it more. Uh, like I said, I know I have it in me. Um, I've proved that I have it in me. It's just uh, trusting it more, being able to uh, 
I think get myself in better opportunities to, to score more and um, something I say every year, you know, obviously I'm a pass guy, just uh, looking to kind of get more pucks on the net and um, be that shooter. Thanks. Kevin Grant, Toronto Star. Hey Mitch, just wondering, do you, have you set any personal goals for yourself in terms of uh, points or goals or ice time or anything like that? Do you, is that where you're at? Um, I usually don't do that, to be honest, no. Um, I think uh, something that you're going to hear a lot of me is just focusing on the here and now. I'm trying to just make sure I'm not looking too far ahead of things. I'm just trying to take it day by day. No, it's not going to always be pretty, and um, just making sure that uh, you know, I'm trying to do the best I can to help this team win. When you say you're going to hear a lot of you saying focusing on the here and now, is that a new mindset or something you're working on? That um, yeah, I think I think it's new. Um, trying to just always. You know, the past is the past, like I said. I can't do anything about that now. Uh, I just got to focus on trying to be the best I can be right now. Uh, I'm trying to be the best player I can be. And like I said, trying to help this team win games. Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Hey, Mitch. Um, with Zach gone, Kyle said it's pretty much open competition on left wing. What, what qualities would you and Austin want in that guy who gets that spot next to you? Uh, I guess a guy that just works hard. Um, you know, it's... Uh, a guy that uh, we try and mesh with quickly and get uh, chemistry with quickly, but um, I mean, yeah, we'll see. It's uh, it's an open spot, so it'll be competitive, and that's uh, what you want. You want uh, you want spots to be competitive at training camp, and you want everyone to be uh, ready to try and take that spot and jump into that role. So it uh, should be exciting to see what happens tomorrow, and you know, see who uh, see who starts that uh, role with us. We'll go with four more. Start with Dave McCarthy, NHL. Hey Mitch, the power play last year was like historically good to begin the year, and then toward the end of the season, it really had some some difficult times. How critical is it to to get to a point where the power play can be more consistent? And was it strange to you that it did seem to swing so far one way to the other last year? Um, I mean, I think we did have a lot of great looks, just wasn't going in. And, um, you know, obviously uh, the hiring of Spence, uh, we're we're looking forward to this year and. Um, you know, we'll see uh, what he has uh, in his mind. Uh, he's a very creative guy, and uh, we've talked to him. Th I've talked to him throughout the summer and kind of what his goal is. Um, you know, hopefully uh, we are a more consistent group, and uh, you know, we have a lot of skill on that ice, so we should be producing um, majority of the time and, and getting great looks. So uh, we'll see what, uh, what it looks like this year, but we're excited. Lindsay Dunn, City TV. Hey Mitch, uh, you guys are talking about how the past is in the past, but a couple days before the regular season, there's a docu series coming out of you all. Have you watched any of it? Are you planning on watching any of it? Because it's more than just game footage, and have you talked about it with your teammates? Yeah, um, I haven't seen any of it yet, um, but I think it uh, would be a good opportunity for people to watch just to see what our life really is like outside this rink, and that you know we got a lot of things really going on, and um, that. Uh, it really will show our personality. So I think it's, we'll see if I watch it. Uh, we'll see if I get around to it, to be honest. But, um, you know, I think it will be great for fans to, to watch and look at the aspect of uh, how close this group really is outside this rink and how much we really do appreciate each other and trust each other. Chris Chilton, TSN. Mitch, in the process of, of moving forward, so to speak, did you go back and, and watch, I guess, the playoffs last year? Did you assess anything you did, or was it easier to just kind of say, it's the past, we're starting fresh? Um, I mean, this group talked about it. Um, you know, we talked about it in our own close-knit group, um, talked about what we want to be better at, but um, nothing I'm going to get into. It's, uh, like I said, now the past is the past. Um, we still have the main core group here. 
we're excited for the opportunity ahead here. And um, like I said, we got a lot of trust in each other. We, we really do trust each other. Um, we all believe in each other, and that's something that uh, I think is, is very important to a team to win. So um, just going to take it uh, day by day here. Look forward to uh, just keep moving with this group and keep trusting each other. Last two, Pierre and Mark. Pierre Lebrun. Mitch, uh, Kyle quickly after the season ended talked about how he was not looking to make any major moves in terms of trading one of his core forwards. Um, how important was that for you to hear, just given the disappointment of the moment and what could be when teams struggle year after year? And did you get any personal assurances from Kyle that, that he wasn't looking to do that? Um, I mean, yeah, I talked to Kyle, uh, obviously. But, you know, as a GM, he wants to try and make the best moves as a that he thinks will help his team win. So, um, you know, it's always up to him. That's why uh, he's the GM. But, um, yeah, I mean, we talked to it the summer, um, had some great talks. Um, but, uh, you know, he, like I said, we all trust each other in this room uh, from management down. So when you have the trust from your management, um, I think it just builds more trust in our locker room and, and more belief that uh, we do have the team that can accomplish what we want to accomplish. But, um, like I said, you're going to keep hearing me say it, but we can't look too far into the future. Uh, we got to take it day by day here and uh, just make sure uh, we come in with the same attitude and same mindset of just trying to get each other and keep getting better. Thanks, Peter. Mark Masters, TSN. Hi, Mitch. Uh, as a local guy and a leader on the team, how would you describe the pressure you feel personally to, to have success? Well, I mean, there's pressure everywhere you go. Uh, that's how you want it to be. You want pressure. You don't want to be playing in a place that no one really cares. So, um, obviously, there's always a lot of pressure on you, but I think uh, as a team, we got a lot of pressure on us, obviously, and uh, that's something that you want to be playing for. You want the pressure, and uh, I think the team we have here and the core we have here can really lean on each other and talk to each other, and that's what we've done. So it's um, it's been great. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. And we're back. Um, Matthews is going to speak next. We're going to talk a lot about Mitch Marner this whole offseason. I would just say this, man. Like, God, be yourself. Like, just say something real. All right, Matthew's time. <laughs> oh, here you are. Sorry. <laughs> you just address uh, what's going on with, uh, with your wrist and how uh, soon you expect to be uh, doing uh, things 100%. Uh, yeah, I've been... Uh... I've been skating. Um, I think it's coming up six weeks since I uh, I had surgery, so that was kind of the timetable. And um, you know, I'll get this month off and then just kind of progress uh, back into you know regular uh, hockey stuff. So right now, I've just been skating on the ice and um, trying to keep up with uh, my cardio and uh, you know just the rest a little bit. So until I can come, uh, you know, start handling the puck a little bit, um, hopefully next week sometime. Kevin, Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Hey, Austin, you've played with Zach Hyman for most of your time with the Leafs. Um, how much are you going to miss him personally? And, and who do you, what kind of player do you hope uh, gets that job on your left wing? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're all going to miss Jaime. He's uh, an incredible guy and obviously a, a spectacular player. So uh, it's tough to see him go, but um, you know, I think we're all really happy for him. Um, you know, and his new opportunity. And um, as far as your second part, I'm not. I'm not really too sure. I mean, we've got plenty of uh, plenty of guys up and down the lineup. Um, some young guys, some veteran guys that we've signed that you know come in and um, you know can uh, can play that side. So I guess we'll kind of see how it all shakes out and, and see what the 
you know, the coaching staff kind of things. Um, but, you know, as far as that goes, we'll just take it day by day and, you know, hopefully just build some chemistry with different guys. Mark Masters, TSN. Austin, we know how much uh, focus and emphasis you put on the offseason, the summer getting better. How did the, the wrist surgery impact your ability to ramp up the way you like? Um, I mean, it was a little setback, but um, you know, I was skating a little bit, uh, actually quite a bit uh, throughout July and early August, and then um, you know, it just didn't really feel right. So um, I thought I got some really good work in, worked on some stuff that um, you know, I wanted to work on, and then now... Um, you know, getting back on the ice, it's been a nice opportunity to kind of expand that and, and work on different things uh, with skating and, um, you know, can hopefully bring that to the, to the forefront when I kind of get back in action and, and get back in practices and stuff. So um, a little bit of setback, but I guess, you know, there's always stuff that you can find and, uh, and improve, um, you know, regardless of the situation. So it's been, uh, it's been fine. We know it was bothering you the rest most of last season, despite all the goals and the success. How much does it mean to you to have that in the past? Like, how valuable will it be that now you've had the surgery? It's you know something you won't have to worry about. Yeah, it's nice. I think it's just good for my mindset, um, just to have um, you know just progress um, as the weeks go by with uh, just kind of getting back to 100%. But um, no, I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy with the decision of, of honestly getting the surgery and just kind of cleaning it up, and um, you know can kind of just put it in, in the past and, and move on. David Alter. Hockey News. Hey, Austin. Uh, with everything that happened last season, the way it ended and going into now, just wondering if there's anything you learned about yourself as a hockey player personally over this last few months. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I have, like, a clear answer, but, I mean, I think with what happened, uh, there's nothing that we can really change now, right? So um, we got to put our best foot forward, and that's kind of been my mindset all summer is, um, you know, trying to learn from that and use it as motivation uh, and put my best foot forward and, and focus on the present. Chris Johnson, Charles Starr. Austin, uh, it might be a bit, bit premature given your status, but I'm just wondering, you know, the, the power play faltered for the team down the stretch last year a little bit. You know, how much discussion or thought of you put into, you know, ways that that might work better for, for you guys this year? Yeah, I think that's uh, what kind of training camp is, is really good for is to have those conversations uh, kind of, you know, feel out process and internally have, um, you know, that communication where we can, uh, dial in certain things like the power play and like other things that um, you know you need to, to really focus on that training camp and just build that foundation. Great. Oh, one last one, Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Just, just one more, Austin. Just, have you set goals for yourself in terms of the number of goals or number of points, or what's a good Austin Matthews season look like this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I like to, you know. I think I said it before. Like that stuff's kind of personal. Like I don't really like to talk about that or make it public and stuff. But I think there's always stuff going into the season that you know, personal goals, team goals, um, that you kind of set for yourself. But I mean, my important, uh, my most important thing that you know I'm focusing on is obviously um, is winning. It's having a good training camp, getting back on the ice, um, having a good start to the regular season, and just um, controlling what we can control, not getting too far ahead of ourselves. Thanks. Thanks, Austin. Thanks. Love you. I'm going to speak about this more later. Not getting too excited. But 
there's almost like guys where the PR team is there to give you notes, right? Hey, this is the messaging that we want. Hey, this is a way that we're going to work on these questions and blah, blah, blah. But there's like a difference between being a human being and taking the notes and being yourself and then remembering to apply some of the things you took versus basically trying to read a script. And it's just so painful listening to these when you can hear the difference between the guys who are like, yeah, we basically get it. I'm not going to go into every single detail, but I'm a human being versus the guys who just read the script and can't even have a small piece of confidence to go off of it. And it's pretty clear when you listen to these, I think like, I don't know. Maybe I'm too <laughs> sensitive. I just, this is, yeah, no, boy. listen, Matthews is great. Muzzin's wonderful. Riley's doing a great job. You know, they're yeah. really trying to connect uh, their personality and, and all that. So, um, yeah, it's a little harder. Uh, let's just say it. I mean, it's a little harder listening to Mitch Marner. I think he's he's had a rough ride with the media, and he's struggling a little to, to find okay. his voice. In you know setting. what, though? And, and he's 24. And we lose perspective of that sometimes when athletes have been around for a while of just, you know, being a person. Like, when I was 24, I was a moron, right? Like, it, it is what it is. But I would just say, and I'm going to say this again later, somebody let this guy be himself. And, like, I guess if that is you, then fine. But, like, I don't know. I don't know who this approach is helping. This approach just seems completely back. The J.D. Bunk is PR firm that is starting up right now would like to extend his services to Mitch Marner. I, I, I'm serious. Like, I yeah. got you, man. I, I, yeah. <laughs> be yourself. Free. Uh, Jack Campbell Free. now. Wow. Career and really fortunate to have worked with Freddie and things he kind of taught me and uh, definitely will be following him. What, how did you sort of break down or, or, or process the disappointment of last season like, like how did how did what was that like for you in the in the days weeks and I guess the summer ahead I mean it was of course devastating and um, you know very difficult to uh, to fall short of a goal but that being said I think it fueled us all and um, me personally I you know you just don't want that to happen again so it really drove me this summer to to have a big summer in the gym and um, just to be ready to go right now Kevin McGrath trying to start Hey, Jack, good to see you again. Um, have you set personal goals for yourself in terms of what a good Jack Campbell season is going to look like this year in terms of maybe games played or wins or something like that? Um, I mean, I have personal goals, but, I mean, if it's all right, I'll keep those to myself. But um, I do, uh, you know, the goal for this team is to win, and um, there's no question in my mind we're ready to do that. We're focused. I feel like there's a great energy coming in. There's, there's a level of seriousness, but still uh, keeping that chemistry that we built on last year. So really excited to get things going, and uh, I have total confidence in this whole group. Can you describe, just to follow up on Josh's question about the disappointment of last year, can you describe the highs and lows as you thought about what happened at the end of the season there and how you got through it? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously the the end sticks out the most, but that's what fuels us the most. So you take something that um, was, a, you know, I guess a negative thing, but you, you turn it into uh, fuel for the summer, and I think that's what you're going to see right away here at camp is um, just a level of desire to win that, um, you know, every single guy is ready to, ready to do whatever it takes to win. Thanks. Thank you. 
Terry Koshan, Charles Sun. Hey, Jack. A little bit of tennis going on for you here. Back and forth. No, the, um, how's your outlook different this year, though, given that you did a lot of things last year, the regular season you hadn't done in the, in the NHL to that point? The, the, the winning, the helping the team win uh, as far as consecutive as you did. How, how does that change now, your approach going into this season, knowing you can, quote-unquote, be that guy? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know if anything changes, to be honest, because I've always had that belief. It's nice to to get some playoff experience, things like that. But, I mean, what led to the success was obviously, A, my teammates and coaches, but um, the work I put in last summer. And this summer I just tried to uh, keep that same level of work ethic, but then add a few things to get me even more prepared for this year. So I feel really ready to go, and, um, you know, hopefully it's a way better year this year. And how much do you know about Peter? To be honest, we grew up playing each other pretty much our whole careers in the OHL and World Juniors and um, a little bit in the NHL, so same birth year. Um, we've had some good games against each other and good rivalry sort of thing, um, but man, he's such a great guy and we, we've sat down quite a bit since he's been here and the one thing that I have just sticks out completely is our, both of our desires to win and to, you know, be great teammates for, for, for everybody to um, kind of, honestly, the, the most important thing is winning and being a good teammate. And I think right when you talk to him, you see that. And I'm really excited to get to work with him. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. All right, we'll go to David Alter, Hockey News. Hey, Jack. Uh, you're like a handful of players who are going into this in a contract year. I'm wondering if you've thought about that, if you'd like to stay here longer term, or, or do you have to let that kind of play out given the year that it is? Yeah, I'm just super excited for the season, and um, you know, I, I absolutely love it here in Toronto. Everything from the organization, the fans, the city, everything. Um, but all I can do is, is be the best I can be every day, and that's what I'm focused on. And I have a lot of confidence, um, you know, that if if we just take care of that, and and we we take care of business as a team, everything else gets sorted out. Thank you. Thank you, Chris Johnson, Toronto Star. Hey, Jack. I'm wondering, what did you learn most about yourself last season? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think just, I mean, there's just so much fun playing here for, in Toronto with this group, this uh, coaching staff, the management, the fans, just everything. It's it just, I knew right when I got traded, you know, before the COVID hit and the bubble, like how awesome it was. But going through, I guess, a full season, not, not quite the 82 games, but still uh, my first full one here. It was just eye-opening at how awesome it is to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And, I mean, it just made me so motivated this year to have a better year. So, um, you know, just super exciting and uh, just ready to get, get started again. Have you allowed yourself to think or dream what it will be like to play in a, a building that's full or nearly full again at some point? Uh, it's it's awesome. Like just to think of fans, whatever the number is, we're, we're excited, you know, get the excitement in the building. Uh, you know, somebody scores a big goal, everybody's going crazy. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. And, um, you know, it's just such a motivating thing where you see people around town, they're all fired up for the game. And all we want to do is just prepare and go out and win for them. Great. Thank you. Uh, Mark Masters, TSN. Jack, early days, but what stands out about Peter's personality? I mean, 
like I said earlier, his desire to win, that's, you know, what we talk about the most. And he's, he's got a good sense of humor, so we, we get along really well with that. And, you know, we're serious, but he, he also can, you know, enjoy life too a lot. And he's just a joy to be around. And I think we're going to put in a lot of great work together as partners and friends off the ice. So excited to get started. And, um, yeah, we're just ready to uh, help lead this team. I imagine the, the injury you dealt with last year was really annoying. How much did that influence the off-season work you did? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely frustrating, um, but that's something you just got to look at and learn from, and um, thankfully we have a great training staff here and, um, you know, management just helping with all the decisions, and, and I really feel great about the body and, and the work we put in. Thank you. Last two, uh, Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Hey, Jack. Um, just wondering, have there been any contract extension talks yet? I haven't gotten into anything. I just, you know, when my agent calls me, then, you know, I pick it up. But I haven't, I haven't talked to him much, so. Okay. And then uh, also wondering about some of the new faces, particularly at forward. I know you guys have been practicing already. Has anyone shot stand out or anyone kind of caught your eye of the new guys? Um, well, I mean, it's still early, so maybe I'll, I can answer that better tomorrow, too. But, uh, I mean, just some of the new guys I've met in the room, they all kind of seem to gel really well and um, kind of got a good mix of different characteristics on the ice and really excited to see what they all can bring and see what they can do for a full group. Last question. Hi, Jack. Uh, the most NHL game you've played in a single season is about 31 Otherwise, it's about 50 starts in the AHL. Have you changed at all your approach this year, thinking you probably get the most NHL playing time in a single season in your career? And have you developed a strategy in terms of approaching injuries or anything like that? I mean, the injury thing was um, something I learned from, so we worked on that this summer. I feel ready to go. Um, but as far as changing my mindset, nothing changes. I mean, I expect to play at a certain level every time I'm in the net, and I don't control how many games I play. That's up to the coach. And um, But I do expect to uh, to play up to my standard, and that's that's what I'm focused on is just being prepared, being, uh, being a leader in this room, and uh, when I am called to go in there just to do my job. Thanks, Rafael. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, thank you, guys. There's Jack Campbell. Kind of interesting that he's speaking today because the Leafs are only giving eight players today. I don't know. I'm sure that there's, like, uh, some locker room stuff. I don't know with COVID. I have no idea how the hell this stuff works anymore because I know that there's people down there today. Yeah. You do, I guess, have to hear from a goalie, but no, because now Morazic's going double goalie. So who's going to be number eight? Is it Simmons or is it Spezza? Interesting. Your calls next. Here's Peter Morazic. An attractive place for you to land. Uh, really uh, warm welcome uh, from the guys, uh, from from the staff, and uh, you know from the management. So uh, uh, so far, uh, just the best things uh, I can say. Jack was just telling us some of the things he's learned about you in the short time you've spent together. You've obviously played him uh, in the OHL, but what stands out about him and, and kind of just where he's at after a career year? Yeah, we uh, we spent uh, some time together uh, since I arrived. So. Uh, uh, he showed me uh, stuff around here, and uh, uh, you know, I just can say, uh, and I heard before I met uh, Jake in person. I just, uh, you know, heard great things about him, and uh, uh, he showed that uh, you know he's uh, he's been great teammate. Lance Warnby, Toronto Sun. Peter, what are your impressions uh, of your teammates so far, and and the city? I don't know how familiar you are with Toronto. You know, I know you're in the OHL and that, but uh, how are you adjusting in that respect? 
Uh, yeah, we're adjusting. I think pretty well. Uh, you know, it's been I've been here for two weeks, and uh, we've been busy with um, moving stuff in the house and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to be. Uh, we're going to have a lot of time to to experience that around the city. But uh, more important, uh, you know, it, it was to uh, meet the guys, uh, meet the coaching staff, meet the you know people around uh, who taking care of us really really well. So. Uh, you know, they, uh, how I said, they, you know, welcome me really, really well, and uh, I'm looking forward to meet them all. Kevin McGrath, Toronto Star. Uh, Jack said that he's played against you basically all his life from teenage, from the OHL and World Juniors. Are there any particular games against him that stand out in, in your mind? Yeah, against the uh, U.S. in 20, what is it, 2012, I believe, the World Junior Championship. I think that was the, that was the game uh, he played, if I'm correct. Okay. What do you what, what remind me what happened? That was a long time ago. Well, we had to. Uh, well, we know. I know really well the game because we had to win to make the quarterfinals, and uh, you know that was something that uh, I will never forget. Because for for a Czech national junior team going to quarterfinals were a big step for us. And uh, what was it about the Maple Leafs that drew you here? Well, the pa the passion of uh, you know of the team, how how they want to win, and. Uh, I think this team is, uh, you know, it's really, really good. Uh, they have uh, great players, uh, one of the best organizations in the world. So uh, that's something that uh, you know everyone who, who plays for the Maple Leafs know, like how much uh, they want to win and uh, how much we want to achieve that. Thank you. You're welcome. Mark Masters, TSN. Peter, I know it's early, but what stands out to you about Jack's uh, personality as a reputation as a pretty friendly guy? Uh, really friendly. Uh, We've been uh, together uh, quite a lot uh, for the last uh, few days, uh, you know, no, knowing each other and uh, and getting to know each other. So uh, the things I heard about him uh, just, uh, you know, are the the way that you know guys told me that how he is. That's uh, exactly how he uh, how he is friendly and uh, helpful guy. When we spoke after you signed, you said you were still debating a new number. How did you uh, arrive on 35? Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I talked to, um, you know, I, I know Mac had 35 here, and I met Mac in uh, in Carolina. We become uh, really good friends. So uh, uh, I was thinking about it as well. Uh, I was thinking about a few other numbers. My dad wanted me to uh, to go to 58 <laughs> because he was born uh, that year, but because uh, he had the 58 when you know he played. So. Uh, that wasn't his choice, but I was like, Dad, I can't do that. You know, 58, that's, <laughs> that's a crazy number. And, uh, and then I was thinking, uh, to be honest, uh, about Miroslav Fritscher, uh, who was my first agent. And, uh, you know, he passed away early this year. And, uh, he, but his number was 14. I don't think that suits the goalie really well. So I just decided to go with 35. Thank you. You're welcome. Great. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. All right, we now know Peter Morazic's wearing number 35, which, by the way, I got to say is, is a backup goalie's number. Um, yeah. I'm just saying, it is. 1, 29, 31. That, that's the, the, I, those are the ones. And I know that I watched the Leafs growing up, and I understand who, who wore those numbers. 33 yeah. is good, too. Big 33 guy. But, Yeah. 35 is a backup number. So maybe he's accepting the role. No Spezza today. 
No Wayne Simmons today. Nylander. That's the closer. He's oh, yeah? In, throwing yeah. smoke. He's Romanoing this thing for us. And then we can finally give the takes. Although, you know, <laughs> you got to text me. You got to tweet me. You got to DM me. What you even wanted to hear today. Honestly. Like, what Can't did you win. think any of these guys were going to say? Did someone just buzz in my ear that Nylander's up? Am I late for Nyland? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. God well, forbid. His time we miss another guy saying, "We got to learn from it, but we but there's nothing we can do now. We got to move forward. We got to learn from it, but we got to move forward." And you know, we've heard nine guys, eight guys in a row. Just <laughs> trot that one out there. Um, I think the Leafs, if I had to guess anything from today, is that you know they're not they're not shying away from it. They're they're trying to learn from it, but also they're not going to talk about it anymore, and they're going to move forward. All right. And they're doing, and they're having a lot of conversations. A lot of conversations have happened with these guys, none of which they will share with you. But boy, <laughs> have they had conversations! I have. These guys are just sitting around the fire, you know, really, really digging in deep with the conversations. These guys, you can't shut these guys up, you know. You just like they <laughs> will not stop having conversations. Boy, if only you could get in on one of these. Hollowed conversations. Wow, boy, what you'd pay, what you'd give. Um, there was the whole thing about like, would you take five hundred thousand dollars or a dinner with Jay Z, which was maybe one of the funniest, dumbest yeah. questions ever. The idea that every person who ever had dinner with Jay Z is a millionaire—that's the best, <laughs> the best, the best, the best. Um, but yeah, would you rather have five hundred thousand dollars or or get into some of these Leafs conversations? These the conversations that these guys had. Um, they're like, so Jake's cottage this, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what'd you do at the cottage, Jake? Oh, you know, I got a boat. Wow, what a conversation we're having here. This is the kinds of conversations that are gonna move things forward. Where's Nylander? Like, get up there, get this over with. I want to get this done. You know what you could gotta- do is you could just run a voice, a Tavares voice filter, and put Nylander quotes in there, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. He's gonna say the same things that you know. that Tavares said, um, because. Willie Willie's not a guy who says anything too inflammatory either. I will say though, it's nice how the narrative around Willie has kind of turned, isn't it? Like, I think people in Leafland uh, are pretty okay with Willie. Yeah, because Marner plays here. I know. <laughs> how, I didn't want to say it, but someone should be mad at It's like what? You could be mad at the guy who makes half the money Mitch Marner makes, and he's not from here. Everyone was like, "So greedy, so greedy, so greedy," and then they were like, "Oh, you know." Turns out those guys are pretty close, and the money, like, you know. It just there, I don't there was who would get money. more money talk once upon a time. I don't know if you remember that, but I when do. they were still on their entry levels, it was like which guy is going to earn more? Probably All right, here Mitch. we go. All right, brace yourself, Nylander. Take storm conversations now. Yeah, so I had a couple uh, medical uh, things I had to take care of, and I'll be fully vaccinated by the uh, beginning of the season. All right, we'll go right into questions. Start with Mark Masters, TSN. Oh, <laughs> you okay? I'm okay. Uh, that could have been bad. All right. No one got a shot of that. Uh, William, just can you can you give us some background on on what led you to that decision to get vaccinated and maybe why it took so long? 
Yeah, I just wanted to uh, do the right thing. I think being vaccinated is uh, it's going to help everybody, and I mean help the team, and I mean achieve our end goal. So I, it was a pretty easy choice. How did you get over what happened last year? What's your sense of the group heading into this year? I mean, we're excited. Um, what's in the past is in the past. We're here and we're getting ready for uh, training camp tomorrow, and that's where uh, our mind's at and we're focused. Among the new guys that the team has added, who excites you? I think we got a, a lot of exciting players with, uh, with Bunting, Kashe, uh, Kempf. Um, obviously, uh, they've played in the, in the league before, and I think they can do a big part for our team. Richie as well. I mean, big boy. So I think, uh, I think we're all very excited. Kevin McGrath, Toronto Star. Good to see you again. I'm just wondering, do you have you set personal goals for yourself for this season in terms of goals or assists or points or time played or anything like that? Uh, yeah, Kevin, I've been uh, thinking a lot about, uh, I mean, the way I want to continue growing as a player. I think um, I want to build off of my season last year and, I mean, keep reaching uh, new levels. I mean, I'm not happy until uh, the end goal is achieved, so keep going. How about uh, the Olympics? Is that in the back of your mind to play for Sweden? Um, I mean, I haven't, I, I'm obviously very excited about that, but I mean, until that point comes, if we're going to go or not, I mean, who knows what happens in the future, but obviously I'm very excited, but that's not really on my mind right now. If that happens, uh, I'll be extremely fired up for that. And how do you feel about playing in front of fans again? Oh my God. I, I mean, we, we missed it so much. Um, you know how much the team, uh, the team loves the fans and I mean, what we, what the fans mean to us and what we mean to the fans. So I think, uh, I mean, it'll be so nice to have them back out there again. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Uh, William, will your vaccination status affect anything you do in the next few days on the ice or whatever? No, no, no. I'll be, uh, I'll be on the ice and everything like that. So there won't be an issue with that. Okay. And uh, what, do you, what goes through your mind when you hear uh, Kyle Dubas express the faith uh, in, in the core that he has over the summer coming off what happened in the playoffs last year? Yeah, I think, I mean, it starts from the top. I mean, him showing that he has belief in us is, uh, is obviously huge. Um, helps us uh, focus on what we, we got to do and, I mean, not be worried about uh, other things happening. So, I mean, him leading the way there is obviously uh, really big for the four of us. David hey, Walter. Go ahead. Uh, it was a weird year last year with the way everything went down. I'm just wondering what you learned about yourself as a person from that point to, to now. I mean, it was weird for uh, obviously everybody. I think um, you had to adjust, and I think adjusting, I think, is uh, is a thing that I mean I learned from and got. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that uh, I was able to learn from the situation last year. Um, probably that. Chris Johnson, Toronto Star. Hey, William. I'm wondering where do you see the the biggest opportunities for growth in your game this year? Um, I think I uh, want to spend more time in the ozone. I think, uh, I mean, add more, more minutes, little um, wear on the other team's uh, D and stuff like that, I think is uh, the part I want to grow on. Do, do you take any confidence from the way you were able to play in, in the playoffs personally? <clears throat> I mean, in the end, we didn't go, uh, go to where we wanted. So, I mean, I want to build off of that and, I mean, help the team get... Uh, get to the next uh, next uh, level um, for this year. Thanks, William. Thank you. Okay.
You're laboring. That's that. Um, you know what, Lance? I'm sure we have a billion breaks. Let's take a very quick break, and let's talk about some of the highlights from this because I- I'll give you a preview. I think most of that sucked and was completely <laughs> useless and that there was just about mm, zero value in it. But I got I took notes on five things that mattered to me, and I wonder if you have that many. Let's do it next. Good show. J.D. Bunkus, Justin Bourne, Sportsnet 5 Night of the Fan. Good show, Sports Up Up Night Fan. Before we get into the latest stuff, today is McHappy Day. This year, every purchase across the full McDonald's menu supports families with sick children and local charities. On McHappy Day, a portion of the proceeds from every menu item sold all day long go to the Ronald McDonald House and other charities, children's charities across Canada, raise money for children in need. Uh, can't get to a McDonald's restaurant, you can still donate to RMHC. You visit RonaldMcDonaldHouseCanada.ca, so RMCHC.ca to make a direct donation. And, you know, um, if you have ever known anybody who has had childhood cancer, um, as I have, um, you should know that it is actually incredible. And it is absolutely worth making a quick donation today. And, yeah, you can just have an excuse to go eat a Big Mac. Um, Seems like a good one to me. Um, All right. So the Leafs spoke. They just talked for, like, two hours. Um, I'm just going to start with this, all right? I'm still pissed. I'm still annoyed. I'm still angry. And I know that that doesn't vibe with everybody and that a lot of Leaf fans are pissed and angry. And a lot of times I think being mad and angry is just like completely unproductive and, and trying to check it is the best thing, right? Like put it behind you. And I get it. These guys are trying to put it behind them. But when I was a kid, I got in a fight and the one kid showed contrition and I was like, Conor McGregor, I apologize to absolutely nobody, right? And the other kid got to go and move on with his day and was fine. And I got the just, I can't even say the words. I, I was chewed out, all right? This teacher tore a strip off of me and went in on my personnel, everything. I was like in grade 10 or something. And he was like, do you know why I kept you here? It's because the kid's name was Daniel. He was like, Daniel was contrite. He feels sorry. You don't feel sorry. You're not accepting responsibility, and so we can't let you go. And that's how I feel about this past Leaf season. Mm. Everybody outside of Muzzin, essentially, there is like, hey, you know, Marner still said the thing about good looks. We had good looks. I, I, I'm gonna start a fire. <laughs> I don't know how else to, <laughs> I to express this feeling I have. God, you guys. Hockey players in general, Toronto Maple Leafs, I get it. Social media is disgusting, and you probably got more of a reflection from that because you didn't have fans in the building and blah, blah, blah. Just be human beings. For God's sakes, tell the PR director that you've got it and that you will own up to some of this, that you'll do an interview that's more than four questions. 
that you will address something for two seconds, that you'll be uncomfortable for a minute publicly for God's sakes and just say, like, this was horrible. We can't believe this happened. We want to do better. But just be real about it. Don't read the PR notes. Don't come out here with the same five things over and over again. Do you, like, everyone's always like, respect the fans, respect your audience, respect these people. And then you have such disrespect that you just like all trot out here with the same five PR notes and read them in front of a fan base that is as passionate as the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's abhorrent. Like, who is doing this? Fire your PR people, for God's sake. Who are you trying to protect these guys from? Me? A Twitter account? Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if Mitch Marner goes out there today and says, you know, I took this tough, and I hate seeing that so many people are disappointed with me, and I want to do better, and I do care about being a good hockey player. But I'm a young guy, and I'm trying to still navigate this, and I'm trying to figure out what it's like to be the face of a franchise that has years and years and years of history of disappointment. And, you know, the contract weighs on me sometimes. Like, you know what that does? People write about it for a little while, but then you're more likable. So you got to go one week of discussions and press clippings, but you know what ends up coming out of it? People say, wow, you know, Mitch Marner, that was really humanizing. People always say like, hey, athletes, you know, they're people too. They're athletes or people. The athletes are people. Then stop acting like robots. Like, you know what makes people not view you as human beings? It's not that you play a sport for a living. It's not that you're millionaires. It's that you treat people like they're different from you and that the rules don't apply to you of accountability and just, you know, owning up for things. So that's all. That's all I, like, I listen to yeah. two hours of that drivel. God. And it's just, and that's what it is. And I'm angry because it's just like, it's so easy to me. The solution and the fix is so simple to me. It's like, yeah. do what Muzzin did. Muzzin comes out there, he goes, it was a failure. We want to be better. And he gets off the podium in three minutes right now. You know, it, he's, they're going to put, someone's going to put a screenshot of Muzzin saying it was a failure or whatever somewhere, and we're going to move on, and they're going to watch hockey games. But the more defensive they are about this thing, the more it's going to just embolden fans who feel pissed off, like they're trying to not validate the disappointment that people actually have in carrying in this product. That's it. That's the rant. Born. I, I think fundamentally some of this started when they were rookies, when it was like, you know, Nylander and, and then Kapanen was a part of that. Like I saw these guys with the Marlies where they didn't even do interviews. You know, they were young kids. They were the core. Matthews is coming in. Marner's coming in. They were so protected. They don't want these guys to say anything. And then it was the rookies didn't talk. That was a Lou Lamorello thing. And by the way, I think that was a Lou era thing where you wanted to come off as robots and whatever. Yeah. You know, the rookies didn't talk. And then you're into like the third year of your pro career. And now they start doing some interviews like I definitely think it would have been a better thing to just throw these guys into the fire and expose their personality, you know, back then, let them deal with what it's like playing here instead of trying to protect everyone from everything. But to the bigger point you're making about owning it, I feel like if you've ever been through something in a relationship where something's gone horribly wrong, maybe you did something wrong or maybe someone did something wrong to you who you care about and you want to repair the relationship, sometimes only time heals it and I don't know that people are ready that Mitch Marner could have gone on the podium and said something that would have made Leafs fans go okay we're good now like I think this is a time thing where he just they got to play he's got to do interviews time has to pass you're right though we do need to see some humanizing elements there to get a sense for what he's going through to appreciate it but I don't think people are ready to forgive yet see I, I guess maybe I'm just 
I'm speaking for too many people, but I genuinely believe that Marner just being honest would have done him a world of good. Oh, well. and, and I don't know, like, frankly, I don't know if he has the capacity for it at 24, if he has the perspective for it. And I'm not saying that as a shot. I'm saying that as a genuine, like, hmm. Like, it seems out of all the guys that got the PR notes, right, he did not deviate from the script the most. And, like, maybe that's just a sign of what he's even able to do in this realm or the way that he's processed this thing or the way that he can do it forward. Not everybody is the same. And again, I'm sure at 24, I would have probably been defiant in this as well. And I would have taken all this and turned it into nothing but animosity towards anyone who doubted me or whatever. And that this is me like pretending I had this perspective in my thirties now. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I just think that that's a, a, a core belief for me is that, when you make a mistake or when you come up short, you just have to own it. And I've never really felt like any of these guys owned it. I, I just don't. I feel like Muzzin owned it today. That Riley has owned it. But that for the most part, it's like, it's been a lot of, well, this is why this wasn't really that big of a deal. And that even starts kind of with Dubis, right? Where it's like, I, I've not really loved his tone after this thing. He's been defiant in the past, and I and I think he's been kind of prone to these like snappy moments. But for them to have had kind of this whole off season of having quote unquote conversations, if you want to move on, I just think that you really do have to take ownership. And I and I know that I'm asking for something perfect. I'm kind of being the most annoying guy where it's, oh, what did you want, man? Like, what did you want? And I just again, I wanted it to be somewhat real. And I don't know if they feel like they can't be real in a media market like this, but like it just that that didn't work for me this time around. Like this just didn't work for me this time where you got the PR classic hockey notes pucks in deep day by day thing. Like I just don't think that that's going to resonate with this fan base. People are bitter. People are sour. You know, I so I leave my Instagram DMs open at Rightborn like and you know, I, I, yeah. I take I, I, I leave them open. And people can shoot me a message anytime at JD Bunkus. And I got one from Cindy, which she was like, just admit that it bleeping sucked. And that's right. Like, I just want to feel like you know it sucked. Like, open up about how it hurt. These guys keep saying, like, hey, you know, I think it was Muzzin or Riley, one of the two of them after they were done, had the little bit of a thing on. We had a lot of discussions as a leadership core after this loss. And, you know, we, we talked about it and we did some open things like, yeah, like you don't have to share intimate details of your guys' personal lives. No one's asking for that. No one's asking for you to reveal who said what or talk out of school, but just, yeah, like own that this was an unbelievable disappointment for your group that it wasn't just the status quo that it wasn't just a you know business as usual that it was just a, a part of the game you know because Dubas always does that one where he's like you know all the successful organizations they go through struggles at the beginning it's like yeah but that's not the same man losing to Montreal that way and blowing that series lead in this yeah. year was not the same as the things that you're trying to reference 
teams have not gone through heartbreak like this that have had heartbreak as long as the Leafs. Like, yeah, you, no one's asking you to carry around the 54 years or whatever that Dubas was like trying to outline or whatever the quote was. It's just that, you know, you guys say you get this market. You say you know it's a privilege to play here. So, you know, just like act like it sometimes. What concerns me is that... You know, I know myself at the end of a hockey season, I wanted nothing to do with hockey for a while. Like, I just needed to get away. I needed to not think about it, not talk about it. I don't care how it ended. Just, like, give me a few weeks, and then we'll sort of revisit some of this stuff. What I worry about is that they have it so much harder than I ever had it because the media is, you know, as large as it is, and the pressure is so vast, and the pressure of the history of the organization, all that. And then it doesn't just end, it ends in such a horrific fashion that I worry that, like, they so badly want to get away from all this that, you know, by the time, there's, it's impossible to take the proper amount of reflection time as well as, like, rebuilding your body physically and getting back into training and all that. Like, you know, they all say they've had conversations, but, like, what what does that mean? What's that look like? And so that would have been nice to hear a little bit more about. Like, did you guys all go to tchotchkes and flingers and get some appetizers and, like, kick it around for a night? Or, did, you know, I, I, you know, you want there to be some sort of, like, come-to-Jesus moment where they all just, like, figure it out. They all get together. I don't know. I, I, you know, they're not letting us in on that, so maybe that's why it feels like maybe not enough has been done. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I'm not even saying that I'm right here. Um, They might, the status quo and letting this go and blah, blah, blah. I just, I still do believe at the end of the day, what those guys do is an entertainment product and nobody's really having fun right now. And so how do you get back to fun? Because I do, I, I think that everybody needs to get back to having fun. Like the fan base, the players, everyone, because this is supposed to be fun. And why am I going to watch a group play that I don't like? I know why I am because they'll pay me to do it, but I don't feel joy for this upcoming leaf season. I don't think a lot of people do. I think that there's like some oof, you know, there's a weight to it that's coming up here. And if you run back your core and you don't make a shakeup with an entertainment product and you try to run back the same programming, you're asking a lot of your fan base. You're asking for a lot of faith. And so Maybe if you're not doing things differently with your roster, you have to do something different with your approach on selling this thing. And the idea of like, well, you'll just come back because we're the Leafs and you always come back is largely true. But it's, I just think it's a little disrespectful, to be honest. Like, I do. And that's how I feel right now, is that there's this like almost level of disrespect from the organization or the franchise that it's like, what else are you going to do? You're going to give up on the Leafs? Are you a quitter on the Leafs? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to watch this. <laughs> I don't. I'll feel different once they drop the puck and I'm watching games. And I love hockey. I'm born and raised with this thing. I've seen this team play every single game since, I don't know, I was like 10 years old. It's been a huge bonding experience for me with my family and friends. And, you know, some of my biggest memories in life are directly tied to that franchise. But this approach just doesn't do it for me. And I, I don't know if it's too personal, but it doesn't just seem like me. It seems like a lot of people. It seems like a lot of dyed-in-the-wool Leaf fans feel the same way. And I think that it has something to do with it. I think that it has something to do with this approach. This sort of non-caring approach. This cold Mm -hmm. approach. Yeah. You know, I I feel, I guess if I can kind of, uh, you know, we're beating home the same point, but I think that's okay, Mm -hmm. because that is the sentiment. 
it feels like you know they just want it to go away as quick as mm-hmm. possible, right? And I don't blame them for that. I understand how that feels to just want to move on, but like mm-hmm. it's almost like there needs to to be that pause and that reflection to truly get over it. Uh, you know, wall, wallow in it a little bit maybe and just work through it as a as a sort of group therapy session or something. It doesn't feel like we got group therapy. It feels like uh, the other half is ready to move on from an argument we had and we're not done, you and, know? Yeah, and, and not, you know, so I'll, I'll say this too. Like everyone always says the athletes don't owe you anything. The athletes don't owe you anything. It's like, okay, so I'm sure those guys have had private moments that have been harder than we have even realized, right? Like, you don't think that Morgan Riley took that loss hard or Jake, well, you know, I bet you they all did, that that Marner hasn't taken that loss hard, that it's like, you know, water off a duck's back. Like, no, it obviously has affected him. We can all recognize that. I guess what I'm saying is it's kind of hard to always hear the thing about where you're like, we got to, like, we're so excited to have the fans back. And the thing that was really missing last year was the fans back. And then whenever the fans have a reaction that isn't just, you know, clap and cheer you on, or they want a little bit of insight as to what, happened here or how you're feeling here it's like well you can't let that the fans into that component just the part where it's you know adversarial and 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 i just i i don't know if that's sports in 2021 moving forward i this don't know is maybe the players tribunization of sports right now yeah. it's that everything is like player pr and mm. you know it used to be media members in the room and actually at dinner with the guys and on the buses and planes and all that and now Everyone is presenting such a polished image that it's easy to feel resentful because there is no like sense of compassion or personality or whatever. It's like everything feels like PR rather than uh, you know authentic. And I think you and I, one one of our shared beliefs in this space, in the media space, is that authenticity is everything. Mm-hmm. And if you're if pretending to be something you're not, it isn't going to work. And I feel like that's reflected with with athletes as well and in the Leafs right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no one wants you guys to share state secrets. No one wants you to betray the trust of your teammates or the organization or yourselves or share something that's even inappropriate, to be honest. Like, it's just, yeah, be real. And I will say, too, that, like, I actually do think that there were some guys that were that today, and I think that Muzzin was that. He got in, he got out. He didn't spend a lot of time. He didn't mince words, though, when he was asked. I think Morgan Riley was pretty much the same. Like, again, I don't want to ask about Morgan Riley. Like, I know why they're asking the questions about his contract status and things like that, and it's a good question to ask. It's one that you have to ask. But I don't mind him saying things like, hey, I don't really want to elaborate on this, and you can ask me every day of the year, but this is something that's obviously going to stay between my agent, myself, and the management structure. But there, there is a feeling that those guys kind of went up there, He, those two guys, and I think Matthews too. And some guys, again, are built different, where they are just able to – um, be more themselves. They're more comfortable in their own shoes. They're more comfortable speaking in front of a public, you know, in front of a crowd, all that hey, stuff. Winning but... cups for Muzzin probably helps him, right? Yes. He doesn't oh, feel yeah. the need to prove himself that he can do it or, it's, no. you know, question what's the Muzzin? man he is. Right. Like, what's what's he got to say? <laughs> like, who's even... Muzzin's really the only question around Muzzin is, can you stay healthy? That's yeah. it. It's not and a hockey And even thing. he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's it, right? It's like, eh, it's kind of going to be luck of the draw here. It's like two years where not great, but, you know, it's, this is what it is. Um, when he's there, you like him. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough spot. It's a, it's a really tough spot. It's a complicated one. And 
weirdly, I just I do not think that there is another fan base like this. There is not another team like this right now in all of professional sports. Maybe in Europe or Australia or something, but here in North America, I, I don't think there's anything quite like what the Leafs are right now. Like I really don't. This is a very very unique situation, and so maybe I'm asking too much because. Uh, there is a lot to navigate here. So quickly, just some other, because I, I didn't get to some of the other bullet points. So Spencer Carberry, they reveal, is running the power play. Um, I'm not going to ask you yet like what it's going to look like. We'll see during some training camp stuff. I think that it's more just interesting that they brought in this new guy and then the coach that used to do it is still there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I was like, what's Manny Malhotra doing now? What's you know what role? I thought was most interesting about all that was Sheldon Keefe's comments on the lines and the power plays where yes. he's like, we, you know, we've got multiple we looks here. We're going to take different yeah. looks. We're going to look at some different things. Like they didn't spend the whole off season deal with the analytics department, deal with the video and come in saying, here's what we're doing. We're rolling with him on the flank, him on the flank. They're coming in going, we got a bunch of ideas. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to test them all out, see what works. And I, I mean, I appreciate that method, but it is interesting that they're kind of like, you know, we don't know. We need to get back to successful there, so we're going to try some things. You know what, though? They shouldn't know. That should be a right. whole thing. Is like, hey, you're bringing back this group that is largely the same. Try things out. What What do you have to lose at this point? Like, that's just it. It's like, you know, that's even the other part of the PR handling of this. It's like, what do you have to lose? Like, you really think that there are that many fans right now that are – you know, that we're also ready to move on. You know, I'll get the odd tweet today or the odd DM where someone's going to be like, just move on. And you're like, okay, well, you're kind of a one-off. And like, you know, I'm not speaking to you. You can do your own thing. You've already moved on. So what do you care what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you either have moved on or you haven't. I can't decide. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, to yeah, me. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. Like you think that your tweet or your thing is going to be like, oh, wow. You know, I never really thought about that way. <laughs> like what a, what a poignant thought. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of the what-do-you-have-to-lose element. That's the one freeing thing about the season and the one thing that should be somewhat liberating if you are these guys. It's like, quite frankly, the worst is over. Like, you cannot do worse. Than, like, even if you miss the playoffs this year, it's like people are going to be, I don't think, happy with that. But there's going to be a lot of fans who are like, like, we needed a change. It's fine. Let's refresh this. Like, it's goodbye. actually a good point. Yeah. The worst is over. They already went through yeah. the worst part. They lose in the playoffs this year. They're not going to lose to Montreal again with a 3-1 lead and have the next opponent be the destroyed Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> you forgot even who it was because it was such a doormat team. Like, yeah, um, yeah uh, the worst is over. So check it, move on, but accept how awful it was and that it's like, wow, what a growing experience. You know what, too? I think that this is ultimately great for them, that they went through something like this. I don't think that the handling of it has been terrific, but, mm -hmm. you know, Having adversity in your career can be a good thing, and it can be a good thing uh, like no matter what you do. Having to ha overcome a challenge and really have to focus on how you're going to get better or address a massive failing is like – there is nothing better than that. That's like the corporate. All, all life is is massive failings, except right. for like ten you're just people. Failing, <laughs> you, know, you fail and you fail again. You fail some more, and you just like kind of learn how to just rebound from those failures, and maybe try to put a little bit more of a gap between your next failure, right? Like <laughs> yeah. so. Ultimately, that should be I the sign on their wall. We'll put a gap between our failures. <laughs> yeah, let's make our failures a little less frequent. <laughs> like, Failure yeah. pause season. We gotta go again. Reach out anytime. Um, at JD Bunkus uh, and at JT Bourne. Um, hit me up. I'll be doing this more tomorrow. Good show. Sports F. I'm not a fan.